0: You know, we gave we gave you guys a lot of extra minutes yesterday anyway so you really got you really got your time out of yes I was shocked when I looked at my watch I was like I said well let's see what we went I went oh. I didn't have no clue where are you doing that I was oblivious man I was in a zone man I was just I was gone and they were crying and I was a mess you girls were something yesterday I had fun yesterday I was like oh the word is so amazing does anybody, before we get rolling, does anybody, remember I said, made some comments about a confession sheet yesterday. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, like totally trashing confession sheets. I was just saying the way we approach it, I'm not a fan of the way they're presented. Does anybody have a confession sheet in their Bible or something like that? I'd love to have one because do you have one in your car? Okay, but with scriptures, you have one written out with scriptures of confessions and just does anybody have one on them right now in their Bible? What is, a confession? Yeah, what is a confession? Uh, It's like, uh, say there be the promises of healing or identity and you quote the scripture. And you'll just be quoting the scripture on the confession sheet. Oh. And I, I, what I wanted to do, I, I was leaving here yesterday. You have one? Let me see if, let me see if it'll, it'll work with what I'm looking for. It
1: doesn't have the scriptures per se, but it's from Rodney when he does the uh, deliberate stuff
0: if you read down through there oh yeah no that's that's no that's all good that's an identity statement no I'm talking about a confession sheet that has scriptures listed on it where people have the idea they take that and they get up and they read them out loud they just read them out loud oh you're scaring me now <laughs> You're no 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 it's just <laughs> it's a, She's trying to get something on me or something. I'm just keeping my distance. Be, be careful who you let touch you. And <laughs> I have a paper, but I typed it in. By the way, I don't believe that you let anybody touch you. Go ahead. <laughs> um,
2: down here, it kind of starts with um, some scriptures. And it's couple, might be a couple
0: people. Yeah, but look how personal you have that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not what I'm looking for. Okay. I'm just looking for a basic confession sheet. Like I have had a hundred of them in my hands over the years. And I've seen them around. You know what I'm talking about? You burned them all. You burned them all. I preached that yesterday and you burned them all. You're kidding. (laughs) Because at some point I want to model something. Okay, I'll try to... Thank you Lord. Okay, this will work. I'll make it happen. Good. I was on the way home. There's, there's confession sheets that have like for healing and they'll have all these promises and scriptures for healing. Right. So what people do is when they're going through a symptom of sickness, they'll quote all those scriptures. Like they go on the on way to work, they might just take some time and sit and they'll read all those scriptures and quote them. And they're actually, people are taught, they're a confession sheet to make a confession. What I don't hear a lot attached to it is to transition that into communion with God and fellowship with the Lord where it's personal face-to-face where like even when I sing songs in a church service and it's, it says him I'm always saying you it's just that's my life so it's different you're you're you know what I mean I'm not I don't want to sing about him I want to sing to him do you get what I'm saying? You, you can't imagine, it's not a technicality. Don't think that what I'm saying is a play on words and it's just nitpicking on a little principle. You, you can't even imagine the difference between the two until you enter into that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can read a confession sheet and, and you can speak, you know, all these things out loud because I, the word is anointed. The word is powerful. The word's alive and active. So the way, the concept is, hey, just, just speak the word, brother. Just speak the word. You know what I'm saying? I'd I, like to speak to him and, and take it personal. Did you have a comment or? No, I have one called 70 Healing Scriptures by Richard
1: Lang. And it's, and it's a list of
0: scriptures. Is that what you want? Yeah, well, if, if it's printed in like a confession sheet form kind of thing. You bringing that thing back up here? You want me to like preach with it or something or hold it? Like if I have to do anything, I won't know what to do. Just Let me look other, at this. Let me look at this. Anything. The problem is it's going down. So I'll tell you what. And I'm not, uh, this would be fine. I could work with this. I'm going to just do this. Because oh, okay. I have it. Thanks for helping though. Thanks for caring. Thanks for caring. No, no, we could have worked that out. I could have did that. Hey, I handled Anthony's little phone. It was all good. It was all good. (laughs) Stop, Brent. So, uh, remember yesterday, yesterday, I don't know what happened yesterday. I don't even know what we preached yesterday. Yesterday was a blur to me. I thought we were talking about communion with God, and I don't know where we went, but we went wherever. I told you that school. Yeah, I had a good time. I felt felt fun in my heart. Uh, communion with God. We talked about meditating in the Word day and night. Remember Psalms one. Yeah. There's some there's some benefits to meditating in the Word. Just understand this: that you can you can the whole purpose of what I'm trying to accomplish in this, like yesterday and even today and in these next few moments, is the 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 motivation. The perspective and the mindset in which you're approaching God. You're not just trying to acquire knowledge. Knowledge, the Bible says, knowledge puffs you up. Love edifies. If your only motive is to gain knowledge, knowledge will take the place of knowing Him. And your knowledge will replace your relationship with the Lord. Your Bible knowledge will become your identity. And you'll just take pride in the ability that you know what the word says in the long run that will bite you because all that you know the word says doesn't you realize isn't your reality <laughs> and in time it, it'll just it works a weird thing in people I've watched it a whole lot it's love that edifies watch this faith works through love you see yeah but brother faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word right romans says that and but but the, but the truth is god is the word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word because the word introduces you to the truth of who god is and the truth of god's will and the truth of god's nature so the word stirs faith in you because through the word you see god's love for us you get up, so you don't want to get rigid with it say well faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word so read the word read the word read the word and we get, we get mechanical and, and we give our hearts because we do care and we're going in an avenue that doesn't necessarily produce God reality and some of the most committed people in that arena that I've known can be just as the most discouraged confused frustrated because they've done everything they were told <laughs> Who's ever heard, heard? But I've done everything, but I've been doing that for six months. But I did that. Do you hear the language? Yeah. What's that language reveal? Well, no. It, it reveals that it's not a relationship, it's a method. I'm doing something to get a result. Yeah, okay. Now that keeps you self conscious, self driven could be self-centered at some level it's just still about you what you can do to get him to move Mm. what i can do to get him to move do you hear how impersonal that is so you can quote scriptures and quote scriptures and uh, and in it oh yo are you sure oh this one now i'm stretched a little (laughs) (laughs) Now i gotta make sure i'm hearing this clear oh my goodness oh I'm going to cry man I okay I can't get away from this like we'll preach on prosperity in a church and all these confessions and all this stuff and there's a whole lot of fear behind the scenes people that ain't making their bills and all this stuff and we're just preaching the, the word on it Instead of relationship mode, and then the one person that gets a promotion, we hold them up as the testimony that this works. And there's 50 other people for weeks don't even know how they're going to make it, but they're trapped in a principle of something, in a method of something, trying to make it happen. And it works. It's it's limited. It's not what God's teaching. And then there's great condemnation and then we'll use that testimony or two out of a church of hundreds there's somebody now that just got an unexpected gift and we'll, oh God we'll suck the life out of that thing promoting that. see what happens when you do this I just saw that in my heart and I'm fighting to even preach it I'm like Ugh! are you all following me? And then the people that are, then they're, they're all the more forced into, well, then I just got to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got to keep making sure I give and, and, and bless my seed and do this. And it's so work driven. It has nothing to do with relationship and faith that works through love. Come on, if I would get laid off from a job, I don't need to grab a confession sheet on prosperity. I need to know God enough to say, Father, I thank you that I am so not moved here in this, this hidden and inopportune time. It seems like the worst thing that could happen, but the greatest thing is you're my Father, and I thank you that you make a way for us, that you love our family, that you you've blessed me with these children, and you know my heart to be a provider, and God, I thank you. I'll find favor that a door will open, that there will be provision. I will not fret. I'm not afraid, because you are so good to me. There's a place to know that. And not be, oh my God. And, and, and then you go get your application and you go here and you do this and all of a sudden you just find favor with God and man, you already found favor with God but you find favor with man because you're not trying something to get a breakthrough or to get God to move on your behalf. Who knows, he knows you lost your job and knows all this stuff. The last thing we need to do as a Christian principle to put us in order to receive in position. No, I need a father that I can sit and talk with. Are you following me? But that's the tragedy then we we'll, we we'll, we'll take even even healing can get that way where where we'll make it like it's a principle instead of a relationship and we'll hold up a couple healings and if we're not careful there's 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 times where people will hold up certain healings and the way they got healed and then preach actually a works message that if you do this 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 and this And see what happened for them. And we'll highlight that. But there's hundreds of people. That you're fishing from. To find that one. That that's not happening for them. And they're doing maybe more than they did. So it gets a paradox. Then it gets troubling it's not like that it's not works it's not if I quote all these healing scriptures every day I'm not waiting for my healing I'm growing in God's love for me as provision for me I'm identifying myself through Christ and I'm separating myself from the identity of this symptom I'm going through and this is growing bigger and bigger until it pushes this aside yes. you understand what I'm saying yeah. it's so different than what a lot of us have been taught and I'm concerned about what a lot of us have been taught I've been around a lot of teaching. I don't just embrace everything I've ever been taught. There's a lot of things that I've been around and taught that taught me what not to believe. (laughs) The reason I believe that happened is because I have a relationship with Jesus. That's my priority. (laughs) I'm in in him. I'm with him. I'm gonna. I wasn't gonna do this, but necessarily now. But I was gonna do it. Someone handed me a little note yesterday, which I enjoyed, and I saw they were realizing something. I want to address it. I didn't. I didn't say anything to them, so I'm not gonna give their identity away unless later it wouldn't matter. But right now, I'm not. But I want you. I want you to hear this. It's written very clear, and then I want to address something. Today you answered a question, this was from yesterday, one of the students handed me this after the session. Today you answered a question uh, my mind has been asking for the past two weeks since the school started. You were called by God, you responded to his call. It has my heart pretty well defined, I must have shared it pretty clear so listen to this. You responded to the call, you agreed with God and you wanted to walk away from your old life motives and to know God, and to know what he has planned for you to be. You were saved by him. (laughs) Uh, And I was seeking him, it says that I was seeking him in his word. You did not say, just say a sinner's prayer. And you, I believe, were born again by the spirit. You, I believe, came to God through his word. And I heard you say you didn't have a a church home at the time. Uh, uh, nor surrounded by Christian friends and learning from them (laughs) I know what you're trying to say when you say this (laughs) but it's not always necessary Jesus says uh, you are blessed and maybe didn't know it (laughs) no sinner's prayer for you there's a truth to what's being said here I want you to follow along how many among us are deceived We're pressured by a person or a church whose goal is to get us to come to Jesus and say a prayer. And we are led in a sinner's prayer and sometimes it satisfies those who repeatedly ask us if we're ready to receive the free gift. And then we say the prayer and join the church that sponsors or represents the outreaching group and then we're trained to lead others in the same way. But if reading the Bible and knowing more uh, Christ-like things occurred, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're blessed by you and your isolated salvation experience. You're a true child, not a stepchild in his family. What's being addressed here is, I want you to see this in the beginning. This, is, this can be your heart motive. And here's what I want to address. Two things about this letter when you come to Jesus you're giving up your life and your life motives to walk in what God has designed you for it's absolutely she caught that it's the lady that handed me this note I obviously revealed that when I said she caught that that's awesome no other motive not just to go to heaven not just to say a sinner's prayer just to receive the free gift no I'm dying to me so I can live to him now watch this I understand what's being said when I when I maybe was more blessed than I realized by not having an immediate church I didn't have I tr- I hadn't gone to church forever now I got plugged into a church and went to a church pretty quick I met with a pastor right after my experience following week I took the kids there and I started to go but but I spent all this time alone I just went to church once a week for a while anyway here's the deal with this school and with what you you know were saying and what was picked up here which was was awesome the way this is conveyed it's exactly what happened in my life every one of us can can jump into that it doesn't matter if you've been going through re, tri, re, tri, traditional religion for 40 years the truth makes you free you have to be very careful if your story's not like my story and you have a different story that feels like it robbed you or corrupted you or limited you in some way, you have to be very careful that you don't wrap natural knowledge around that as if right now you're missing something because of that. Because you're not. Not one person in this place. Because you can transition into truth immediate. Bingo. immediately immediately. You can transition from method to relationship immediately. You can transition from a sinner's prayer going to heaven mentality to sonship immediately. You can say in your heart, it's what repentance does. You can say in your heart, wow. I never really understood this or had this motive I never realized I was just totally giving up my own motives my own life and all these years I've been thinking it was this and this uh, and I wasted and they didn't and why didn't they tell me and you can make that real big in the soul or you can go whoa I'm sure glad I see this now because I was this and I called here and you just take the step and you rejoice had a lady come to healing service with another lady and they both got healed it was funny they were coming to healing service when I did open healing services back where I pastored before and they, they both came in with canes and they had conditions and we prayed for them and they both got healed and it was funny and, and uh, I called them when they first came I, I had called them something and they chuckled about it but this lady was 70 years old so she comes for four more weeks and she's so enthralled she grew up in a denominational church her whole life she said, can I share something? I said, sure, honey, come here. And she's 70 years old. She gets up. She's overwhelmed. She's got... I just loved her motive and her heart in this. I'm like, why can't we just grab this all the time? This, I don't know what works in some of us sometimes, to, but this was beautiful. She stood there and she said, I'm 70 years old. That's what she said. She said, I've been a Christian attending a church for, it was like 50 years. <laughs> she said... I've lived my whole life not knowing, understanding or knowing the things I've learned in these last four years. My whole life went by and I haven't known the things that I've just seen and realized. I am so glad that at age 70 it has come. And that my life didn't go by without knowing these things. And she just praised God for it. <laughs> now she could have been a whole in a whole nother realm. True? She could have said, Oh, my whole life's over. Why did I ah when I was ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Right? She could've But there's something about your perspective. That determines light or darkness, right? Mm-hmm. If my eye is single and it's good, it's healthy, light. If it's not, darkness, it all has to do with your view. It says if the darkness in you, if the light in you, which means you're created for the light. It's Matthew 6.22, Luke 11.34, I believe. It says the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is single, if it's healthy, if it's see and clear through truth, your whole body's promised to be flooded with light. It says, but if your eye's not healthy, not single... I call it wide view lens, multiple choice, oh, yeah. optional view. It says, then the light in you, or the, it says, if the light in you is darkness, it says, then there's darkness. If the light in you, listen to the language. If the light in you is darkness, what's that mean? It means you're created for the light. That means God sees you for light, for the light. That's your calling, for the light. But if the light in you is darkness, that's perversion. Come on, we are so made for him. <laughs> Every one of you is a house fit for a king. <laughs> Every one of you, you're so made for him. If the light in you is darkness, that's perversion. It says, how great is that darkness? What's it mean? Just how twisted, just how off? The truth is your view. Because what you see determines who you are, who you're going to be. Does that make sense? Okay. So we got on some of this stuff yesterday about meditating in the Word, about having fellowship with God. Remember, the Apostle John was writing about his fellowship, and the reason he was declaring him to us is so that we could have that same fellowship scripture hit me on the way home as well I was just musing in my mind talking to the Lord just enjoying I was just I was having fun on my way home I was just like man that was fun Lord I didn't even know it was almost 20 after 12 I was like and uh, I uh, you know he's calling us into this fellowship some people say boy I wish I was here when Jesus was here and Oh, it wouldn't have been neat, and we have all these comments and people have their things to respond but Second Corinthians says that we don't regard, in chapter five says we don't regard anyone according to the flesh, because Christ has come, if he died all died, and it says, and no longer do we even regard Jesus according to the flesh, even though we did see him according to the flesh, this is amazing, he's alive, he's sitting at the right hand of the father and he has sent his spirit, the spirit of the Lord to the earth to live in as many as would believe and do in his absence what he'd do if he was here we have fellowship with God through the spirit it's a powerful thing and he's here for as many as would believe right so we're not limiting regarding we're not even seeing Jesus anymore through the flesh he is risen he's alive right and now he's sitting at the right hand of God mediating as a high priest under God on behalf of men and the spirit of God is here inside of all of us so the, the relationship and fellowship that John's talking about that, that he even had tangibly, he's saying we all have, even though he's not here in that human form way that he was, he's so, and John knows what he's talking about, we all have access to that fellowship, right? So he wants us to all be in him like he is. So that's why I want to talk about this. And I want to talk about some ways to pray. I want to take some scriptures, look at them. I want to talk about meditating in the word and communing with God. The reason I asked for a confession sheet, and I'm going to... I'm... I'm, uh, I'm going to make this work. This can work. Uh, I had I've seen so many confession sheets in my life, and there was there was one I, I just had some stuff in mind. But this is pretty much like it. This one's called "Listening to God." See, there's nothing wrong with this. Okay, these are like scriptural references. They point you to a topic, and and and, and uh, so here it says, "Listening to God," Psalms 25:14. The Lord confides in those who fear Him. That means who reverence him, who esteem him high, right? And 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 separate him above the rest as far as wisdom and integrity and honor. You fear the Lord, and it says he confides in those who fear him. I don't know about you, but that confiding thing sounds pretty cool, right? He's gonna come and just kind of confide in you. that's sentiment, you know. Hey, justin, can I come and just share my heart and confide some things in you? The Lord. That'd be pretty rich, right? come on that's like wow that's a big deal and uh that's the time I I share the testimony all the time when when my wife was hurting and God was coming and at work and showing me where she was and what she was doing in detail and it lasted about four or five days and I would just I would be working and he'd say and I'd see I'd say oh Lord I thank you for my wife bless her God God, I just ask you to come upon her and just begin to bless her, minister to her heart. God, I just thank you that I love her. And and I'd pray certain ways. And about five or so days into it, he did it again. I was at work. And he said, and I went, oh, Lord. And he said, Dan, do you know why I'm doing this? Why I'm showing you these things like this? Because it was, you have no idea how detailed, intimate, and full of knowledge this, these impressions were. You just have no idea. And I said, well, yeah. I was just like a kid. I said, like, yeah, so I could pray for her. That's the no-brainer to me. You're showing me so I can pray. So I can represent her heart before you. So I can pray. Now imagine, I'm only a couple weeks old in the Lord. I'm just saved a few weeks, two, three weeks. Three weeks, maybe. And I said, so that I could pray for her. Well, that's a clear answer. He said, no. It was almost like he chuckled. He said, no. He said, the reason I'm doing it this way and telling you these things is because I can meaning you're gonna hear like I hear, it's like telling myself. Because of where you've positioned your heart and allowed me to take your heart. I can tell you anything, you're gonna respond like I would so I can tell you anything that I need to because you'll handle it like I would. Isn't that our relationship with him? Some of us say, I wish I heard the Lord more. I say, man, just become one with his heart, he can tell himself anything. (laughs) Right? (sighs) Come on. There's times in your life, who knows that you're growing? There's times in your life that God couldn't have told you things he can tell you now. Because of the way you would have reacted, responded, handled it, misread it, interpreted it, handled it. Do you see how limited we can let ourselves be with our communion with God when our hearts aren't pure? We're not free from ourselves. If we're not free from ourselves, how can God just entrust us with what he desires? Because we might hear it in a self centered ear, and we might instead of go and respond like God, we might go, Huh? You're kidding me? What? They're doing what? Now, would God come and give you that information and give you the ability to stumble and drive you in the flesh if you weren't equipped and ready and in position? Would he give you insight and information and confide in you if your heart's not in position to love? Come on. He's not a gossip and he's not going to tempt you with something like that. He's not going to come over here and, and tell Catherine something that she's not able to handle and then she goes and gets hurt and causes more hurt through it because God whispered it to her. You say, well, he's given her a chance to go. And no, he is not hurting people. He will not come and give her that if he knows, because he knows that she's going to mishandle it and cause harm and hurt and hurt to herself. There's just no way. He's good. He's life-giving. He adds to. He edifies. He doesn't steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't tempt any man with sin. Nor can he be tempted. Do you understand? But all of a sudden, her heart... Is secure in Christ and her heart is flowing free and and her heart is motivated by love and all of a sudden he comes and he gives her an amazing word of knowledge all of a sudden he shows her something about two people or about a group of people and it's something that nobody could possibly know and yet God will whisper to her and yet he's not a gossip why because she's not hearing in the of flesh she's hearing in a heart of love and now she can handle it rightly like, and now she intervenes or she calls someone on the phone. Listen, man, I was praying. I got this impression. Are you okay? Well, I felt like you were right now tied up in this. And all of a sudden they're bawling. And oh my gosh, I love you. Look, you're, you're more than this. And da da da. I could tell you story after story. One of the first times this happened to me, I was at home. I had a home group uh, where it happened in a vision where I saw the person. Well, it was happening a lot back then when it first started. But this was one of the first ones that it happened to uh, God would put, it was just fun. He, Because the first time it happened, I was like, you know, you do that stuff. Spiritual things are, you're not ready for them. Yeah. My wife and I are praying in the living room and I looked and there's a picture hovering in my living room. It's an eight and a half by 11 in the air hovering in my living room. Oh, wow. And I'm like, and it has a face on it. And it's a person I know. <laughs> well, you, you would have done what I did. What's that, Lord? Why are you? Sh- What's that? And Kim was praying, and, I, and I'm looking, and it's right, it's between me and the door, and it's in my living room. It's just insane. It's just fun. It's just God. He, he, and I said, What? Are, he said, Da 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 I went, Huh? Wow. Are you? Wow. I jumped on it right away. I dressed it. It was amazing. It was right on. It was incredible. And it helped save someone's soul life it was a night or two later we're praying there's a picture what lord it disappears i get all another picture what lord another picture it was like three of them four of them well i got that all in me now now one i'm just to pray about and speak over the other ones i'm supposed to approach and pursue but i've got details about stuff that i shouldn't know nothing about now, why is God doing that? Because I'm not going, you're kidding me. They're what? Oh. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Will they come to my home group? No, they can't be doing that. Well, they the hypocrites. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> come on. If that's, my, if that's even a close to my reaction, he'll never put that picture in my living room. Right. When he shows you that stuff and speaks that, it's not like, oh, you're kidding me. What? Really? Come on, we gotta go way past that. This one lady, the first the first one that I had, this lady's face was on an eight and a half by eleven hanging, hovering in my living room. It was it was just amazing to me. It was astounding. And it had me pretty captured. I was like, God, you're amazing. And I'm looking at her face and I knew who it was, and a human heart outlined, it drew. It was like somebody took a pen and drew a human heart. It just appeared. And it was, her face was in the middle. You got the picture? Of a human medical heart. It wasn't a valentine heart. It was a human heart. Medical heart. And I'm like, this is wild. And all of a sudden, the heart got darker and darker till you couldn't see her face anymore. And I said, God, what's wrong? I said, is she sick in her heart? Does she have heart disease? Is there something? He He said, she has a darkened heart. Our heart has been blackened with deception and wrong motives because of great insecurity and need. He knows what motivates people. He's not repulsed by her dark ways. He's hurting because of what's promoting it and allowing it. And he wants to love her and get her free. <laughs> and I'm like, you're kidding me. Am I supposed to address this? I guess you didn't tell me this just for knowledge. You said, I want you to call her in the morning. It was late at night. I went, Okay, well, I'm laying in bed. I'm so I probably didn't sleep. I'm just laying in bed thinking, This is crazy. Picture hanging, all this stuff. I called her in the morning. She was so outgoing, high, loving, loved us outwardly, like, really expressed it. She was like, Sweet lady, and I said, honey, I said, I was praying last night, and your face came to me. (laughs) I didn't tell her the details, the picture. I just said, your face came to me. I'm thinking literally. And I said, and I'm going to describe the picture that I saw, and I began to describe it. She's silent on the phone. Why? Why? God's entrusted me with this and his presence is already on her his love is already protecting her holding her keeping her from just running look I love you I want you free and I started to share what I saw and what I began to hear and as I was being faithful with that much of it because this was a nervous thing for me all of a sudden I got the rest of the story and as I shared it you can't even believe the tears on the phone and God uncovered the most deepest secret motive thing through that why because he could because I'm not tempted to turn and say to my wife you can't believe what God just told me about so and so can you believe that they did and they've been coming to our home and they did and they actually if I'm here in God they this this if that's your response you're never going to get that kind of information are you following me? Yes. it's a good phrase he can tell himself anything let's become one with his heart through intimacy amen I don't know about you but if I'm truly perfected in love and you're hurting and you have a deep thing that's driving you in deception If I could know about it, I want to, so that I could help you and rescue you. Wouldn't you want the same? Wouldn't you want the same? Let's be in position to hear God and manifest Him to one another like that by becoming love all the more amen we're gonna talk about becoming love so heavy in this school I told you it'll be like rubber bands popping it'll be like last year was so fun I got talking about love there was so much stretching and conviction and fun in the room it was, I'd look up and sometimes a third or more of the people were crying at the same time and there was just a lot of stuff going on so we got talking about what love really is I want to talk about meditating the Lord a little bit okay let's read Psalms 1 real quick again and then I'm gonna teach this thing out and because we're pursuing to know Him in relationship talking to Him and I'm going to use this confession sheet as a, as a model so bear with me, stay with me Psalms 1, blessed is the man or blessed is the man it's a good position, you want to be in that place <laughs> Blessed is better than not blessed, and blessed is surely better than cursed, (laughs) and we're called to be blessed, amen? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, so you don't need just the advice of people. You know, I know ungodly there actually means wicked, in that context, in the Hebrew, but anything that's apart from the truth or wisdom of God to me is ungodly just the way that seems right to man is ungodly are you following me i don't need your advice or well this is what i think you should do and then just you speak out of your head and i don't need to do that to you you don't need that from me there's people that call me and before they call me they already know where i'm coming from And it's funny some of the conditions and places they call me from because they're not in that place but the reason they're calling because they're desperately crying out because they know I'm going to tell them what they so need to hear even though sometimes they know what they need to hear they just want to hear it and I laugh sometimes I say why did you call me because you know the answer you know what I'm going to say you know where I'm coming from that's just that's why I called I don't know why I'm struggling but I just needed to hear truth because they know I'm just going to give them Jesus in the scripture I'm not going to say well I think you should this well this is what I think it's always Jesus It's, it's his life it's his so ungodly in this context is is means wicked but I want to stress something here that there's a lot of things that can be defined as ungodly godless whether it be wisdom, counsel, perspective. Is selfish motive and selfish perspective godly? Totally ungodly. You can be Godward and, 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 and see your need for Savior and want God and you can still live with a selfish motive and miss the grace, blessing, wisdom, and heart of God along the way. There's people with a lack of understanding. They're ignorant to certain truths. They know they need a savior. They understand they've sinned. That's not an issue. They know they need forgiven of sin. But yet don't believe that they can live by the spirit and don't understand what it even means. So they just continue to live in the sinful state. It's just a lack of knowledge. We're destroyed for the lack of knowledge. It's just a lack of understanding. Sometimes wrong teaching can rob your life of certain levels of grace and blessing and yet your heart's pure and in your heart you love God as much as anybody. So loving God's not the issue. Some of us love God, and you say, yeah, but if you love God, you keep His commandments. Well, some people, that, that, that's true once you have that conviction, that understanding. I went to a, a real strong denominational setting one time, and they were using their hymnals, and that's not what makes them a strong denomination. It was other reasons. You can use hymnals. I don't want you to connect that. The, the, the hymnals, man, if we just sing and believe the stuff in that hymnals, we'd all be doing well. Some hymnals are amazing. They're, when they sing that stuff, I'm like, "Whoa! Somebody knew what they were writing. What happens is we got trapped into reducing it to religious tradition. And, and, and you know what I said in that church? I said, God bless you for singing these songs out of this hymnal. I said, man, if we'd all just believe this, we'd be doing well. And I started to quote some of the words from the hymnal of the songs we just sang back to the people that, in that church. You know what I mean? But watch this. I heard the Lord say this. Because back then, I probably had an impression. I was probably in a level of missing the mark in my heart in some ways without being grossly off track. I probably had some projections. Because I'm in circles that, oh, the so-and-so's, you're going to what church? Oh, my gosh. Well, they're a dry bone or this or they're religious. And we talk like that. So then you project on people... That are creating an image of God that love God instead of love people. We start identifying and 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 ah, and 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 I probably had that going on in me at some level, uh, not in a gross way in the sense of where I couldn't love them because that's just love's love, but but probably some projections of wow they're this, wow they're that, wondering if I and I'm thinking no, I need to just be me and it'll all work out. You know, you go through those thoughts. Well, we're in worship. And we're singing out the hymnals, and I'm watching and looking, and everything's so stupid. And they told me to come and do their fall revival. They asked if I would. And I said, Well, really, I don't know. You're saying the word revival, I don't know what that means to you. And she said, Well, you know, usually we have about 30 people the first night, and by the fourth night, it's down to about seven committed people and we just we want change she said we just want we just want we we just heard a lot of good things about you and we just thought we don't know you but the people that referred you we just thought we'd call and ask you to come I said well honey here's the thing I'm pastoring I, I got plenty of things to do in my life and I'm not looking for places to speak and things to put on my calendar so if you're telling me revival I don't know what that means to you but I know that if you're asking me to come, I need to bring the Jesus that I know and bring the Jesus that I walk with and live with without reservation. I need to just have the green light because if you're asking me to come, it's not about, well, I need to submit to this or that and I have to be careful of this or that. If you need me to come or want me to come, then I need to come as I am, knowing him as he is. And to me, that'll be revival. And she said, sir, we just want God in our church. And I said, I'll be there. <laughs> It was just too fun. So, we had so much fun. The first night, there was so much stuff. A man had a hernia, just went closed. A man drove home in the dark who couldn't drive because of eyesight. Drove his family home in the dark. Crying. It was so many things. Uh, a lady that was frozen in her knees for 25 years took her hands and marched. I prayed and she marched around the church. And the whole valley was buzzing. And on the last night, there was nowhere to sit. People were standing all in the back. The whole church was filled. And it used to be narrowed to seven by the last night. So we had 70 times seven. <laughs> seven times. So, no, we had a lot of people. But here's the deal. While we were in worship, the Lord said something amazing to me. It put me to my knees and I began to cry. Because I realized there's levels of projections in our lives that we don't will or intend. They just are there. And they can get moved out by relationship. So I'm in... Because of this I'm worshiping I'm singing these songs and I'm singing these hymnals and these hymnals it was refreshing for me because I'm looking at the lyrics and I'm thinking these people knew their God when they wrote these this is like deep intense righteous redemption stuff and I'm like whoa and we're singing it and I'm into it and the Lord had me looking around him and there's people singing and they're in this thing and it's just a small group he said I want you to look around Dan He said, these people love me. The best they understand, they love me as much as anyone you know. He said, but they're they're reduced to loving me according to what they believe is true and have been taught their whole lives. But he said, in that, some accomplish more and are doing more with the little bit they know than many people That know so much more. And I just fell to my knees and cried. And just began to honor these people and realize. Because with the the knowledge that puffs up. I could almost disdain their background. With the knowledge that puffs up I could almost project on them. With the knowledge that puffs up I could almost feel like I'm more spiritual and better than them. Or like, I don't know how they can come to this church. I would just dry up. Oh my God, I don't know how you can sit through a service like that. That's what we do. That's high-minded. you miss the value of the people and the heart of the people. What God sees is the heart of the people before Him. You might be amazed how that is. But that's what He told me there. And He told me that these people had an ignorance about them. that, That in that ignorance, that means that that's not a bad word. You know, we use that growing up. You're so ignorant. We don't even know what we're saying. We think it's a, a slam. It just means not knowing. not knowing. You're unknowing. These people are just unknowing. But if they knew what some of us knew, they'd probably run a whole lot farther is what the invocation was because their hearts, they love God. And I'm like, whoa. And uh, wow. yeah, it was a wow. And uh, I thought, isn't that amazing? God, really, we look to outward. God really does look to the heart, doesn't he? So it was just very, very humbling. And I just wanted to just just share that thought with you right there. Because if you think about it, we tend to call those people religious, bound in tradition, and God was esteeming their heart above some people that I know that know a whole lot more than those folks. Because those people are accountable then with what you know. You're accountable based on all that. So to know isn't to really grow, is it? It's to become. Amen? Okay, and this is how we're going to do it. I won't belabor this anymore. We're going to, well, we're not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Please don't do that. But our delight is in what? The law of the Lord. You want to get really stirred up in the word of God and the love for the word of God through the Psalms? Man, get in Psalms 119 and it's like 100 and what is it? 70, couple verses, 73 or something. Just read the whole thing. It's like, I've camped in there. I camped in there so much over the years, Psalms 119. Haven't read it for a little while, actually. There was a season where it was really speaking to me, and I would just read about loving his word, loving his law. He says law, loving his commandment, loving his counsel. And Psalms 19 really stirred me up. But uh, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Just be simple. It's the word of God. Just in today's language, just, it's in the word of God. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Remember how we talked about that doesn't mean you're sitting back in a chair reading your Bible 24-7. You can't do that. But the word becomes the way you think through, you, you mutter, you talk. You're in a God consciousness through relationship and a, the way of the Lord mindset 24-7. Does this make sense? So you're meditating day and night. You shall be like a tree look at the look at the dividends you shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water Remember this crystal river in your bible at two places that flows from the threshold of the temple and there's trees all along and on the leaves on the trees is the leaves it's the healings for the nations I wonder who those trees are <laughs> Come on, be a tree planted by the rivers of water. Come on, it's, it's in your Bible. It's the pictures there. Isaiah says that we're trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Why? That he might be glorified. Why are you a tree of righteousness? To manifest his glory so that men know who he is through your life. Father, glorify your son that your son would glorify your name. Remember, we covered that yesterday. Give eternal life, right? This is eternal life that you might know him. I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to in public that I've taken time with. (coughs) Their response isn't so much how can I get something doctrinally like I see in your life. What I hear him say is how I've heard this more times than I can remember. You seem to so know him. How can I know him like you? That's what I get from people when I talk to them in the public. How can I know Him like you? They realize that I know Him to a degree. I feel like I'm getting to know Him yeah. more and more. Like, one lady said to me once, she said, you really know Him, don't you? And I was like, well, and I managed her to kind of mealy mouth, like, well, Holy Spirit's like, just tell her you know me. <laughs> You know, we did that false humility thing on. Well, you know, I mean. <laughs> well, I'm getting to. It. Did you have your hand up? Yeah, I, this is, um, has to do with the stump that you know, that's always coming right because it says. Hang on. You're, yeah, and I'm going to probably have to look where you're at. You're going to have to tell me where you're at because that, that's a, yeah.
2: I, in, um. It's Job fourteen, verse seven. And it's always comforted me. And the cross reference I have is Isaiah six thirteen. Though they cut down the tree, it still has its roots. Oh, no.
0: yeah, that's no, that's good.
2: And that's always comforted me because I always used to feel, but I don't feel anymore. Like a tree that's been just. which you
0: mean? You can't be cut down. Yeah, so you're a tree like of you righteousness. can cut me.
2: You can cut me, but I still have roots, man, and I'm coming back. And you know. Come on. You know? Come on. That's. Like, but that's, that, but so that's good. how I've always felt. Like go that's, ahead and cut me, but you know what? My roots are deep and. I'm coming back. And I'm just, you're just pruning me, right? When something
0: gets pruned, it's like way more profuse anyway. It's like where there was one sprout, there's like more and more, and it's just really good. There's actually a, a pruning in the Lord, the Bible talks about, which is a cool principle if you could take the time to teach it but what you're saying is and I love that concept who who saw how that rose something up in the room it's like yeah because that just edified everybody it's like so even if it feels like it's adversity or a trial or a hardship that came and almost felt like it took your feet out from under you and cut off what was accomplishing and stuff no you're still rooted and grounded in him in love rooted and grounded in love you know the bible that's just a good concept but there's a lot about trees in the bible this whole concept is just very powerful. Uh, here, you know how uh, we're uh, we're rooted and grounded in love. The Bible says, right? So it talks about this tree that grows up, or this thing that grows up. It hears and it has need, and it has a topic in life, and it and you hear a message that has to do with your current go through, and and you're like, you know. Whoa, yeah, that's my answer. Thank you, Jesus. And you're at church and you think that was for me and you get all excited and you run out and then the pressure's there, circumstances keep unfolding and all of a sudden the heat of the day, the Bible says, it's just the adversities of life start to, to bear down on that thing that shot up with joy and it says soon that thing withers and dies. And it says, why has it happened? Because there's no depth of earth, of soil and there was no root in that thing that grew you get it it has to be more than just an answer for your self-serving need it has to be it's, it's rooted and grounded in love faith works through love so the adversity of life that's the concept you just shared no matter what happens to me I have roots way deeper than my trial and what I'm going through and what it appears to look like to men isn't the truth in God he is for me he is with me he hasn't thrown me away he loves me you see what I mean it's rooted and grounded in love so there's types of soil in the sower or the word concept there and, and 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 the one says that it springs up with immediate joy because it feels like it got its immediate answer and it's like yes and then life just shouts it down and what we lose sight of is God's incredible love. And then we think, well, that wasn't working. Well, I thought that was from the Lord. Well, and here I am. I feel worse now than I was before. Next thing you know, like, See what I mean? But who's the focus of that concept? Me and how it's going, instead of me and who I am. You hear the difference? What she just shared was a concept of me and who I am, no matter how it's going. Knowing who you are, you following that? Well, I like, I like, uh, the same. Are you still reading in Job? Yeah. <laughs> you hear something else? She just started reading. She said, "I like this." Now she's down in verse nine. <laughs>
2: and it, and it says, it's well, um, yeah, it's though its roots may grow old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground. Yet at the scent of the water, it will bud and bring forth <laughs> You guys are getting the real branches. spiritual on me now. <laughs> 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 You're getting real
0: spiritual on me now, see. <laughs> it's so good. It's good. It's all good. So we're trees planted by the rivers of living water. Where did God place us? By rivers of living water. See, when you meditate, watch what this is saying. Now Watch. It's only through meditating in the Word and standing in the truth of the Word that you find out who you really are and where you really are. You follow me? Think what it's saying. The, the result of meditating in the Word is what? Taking on who you really are, planted by the river of the living water. That means you find yourself in the Word. You find your identity. You get established in truth. And it's the will of God. Who planted you by the rivers of living water? Who wants you there? Are you following me? It's by meditating in the word that you understand who he is and who you are in him and find out the truth about your lies. It's not going to come through a circle of friends. It's not going to come just through life and how it goes. It's not just going to come by trying to fulfill your occupational desire and hope, take a good crack at life. and it, It's going to happen when you give yourself to the word and see the truth about you. Amen? And life. Once you... Once you. Here's, watch how full of identity this is. I'm coming to you, Shana. Watch how full of identity this is. Once you become that... Of, firm and established tree planted by God you're here's what this is saying I'm the will of God my roots will never be moved and shaken man who he redeemed he redeemed who he loved he loved who he forgave he forgave I'm not a throwaway he'll never change his mind about me I'm alive in him I'm planted by him he knows what he's doing when he saved me right so you're camping there right a person that's locked in and established in this truth guess what he's going to do He's going to bear fruit. Why? Because a tree is known by its fruit, but its fruit is known by the tree. In other words, the, the fruit's in agreement with the tree. We, we covered that way back in the beginning. The apple tree doesn't produce apples to prove to you it's an apple tree. The apple tree produces apples because it is an apple tree. So I'm not out trying to be righteous. I can't help but to bear righteous fruit because I'm a righteous tree. Come on, it's so simple. But, but you have to see identity here. It's the word of God that tells me the truth of who I am and if I stay there in my mindset and don't drift away, slip away allow myself to be pulled away let the way that seems right to a man eat my lunch if I camp in the truth of who I am through Christ, I'm going to be rooted and established in identity by the grace of God that's what this is saying and then I'm going to go on and bear fruit and manifest the very reason I'm alive and watch this, I'm not going to wear out doing it Cause i'm not trying to be something i've become so i'm just doing what i do are you following me yes. and whatever i do will what why because it comes out of the truth of who we are empowered by grace it's faith working through love <coughs> it has to prosper because it's all the will of God. It's all the truth about me in Christ. Does this make sense? See, don't be in a hurry and just read a psalm because it sounds poetic. Hear what it's really saying. If I meditate in the word, I'm gonna know who I've always been in him. And I'm gonna take in my rightful place here and lock in and I'm not gonna be moved. That's why your, your word was so timely. Because even if it doesn't look like this is the scenario of my life, who knows it is and even if it looks like I was cut down who knows I'm still a tree who knows I'm still rooted in and there's life-giving water coming into me who knows that even if it seems like I cut down I'm gonna come back more aggressive more powerful more wise more able cut one you'll get three in return cut those three you'll get nine more see what I mean it's a, it's a principle there it's a faith that works through love now watch this is this other scripture and I didn't forget your hand I, I really didn't watch this we know it's Romans 8 28 we quote it all the time and we know that all things work together for those that well well. here's what we do a lot in the church well we know that all things work together for the good brother we, we, we're, we're, we, we take pieces of things who's, who's heard us just say that part right there yeah. well you know how it works brother all things work together for the good brother no it says a whole lot more It says, for those that love him. Now, when you look at love him, you think, what is love him? Well, love is take no account of a suffered wrong. Love doesn't seek its own. Love is amazing. That's how God sees us. It says, you love God the way God loved you. Jesus tells us that. That we're to love God the way God loved us. That God be loved. That means, look, he believes the best. Even when you're willful and when your motive's wrong, his love goes deeper and says, That is so not who you are, etc., etc., etc. Even when he could have the technical right to call you on things, he still nurtures and brings the best out in you. Right? Here's what we do. Here's what we do. We say, Well, we know that God works all things together for the good. Well, it's for those that love him. Why? Because faith stays in the picture and it works through love. Watch when something goes wrong what's the first almost common reaction at the church at large especially the whole church at large the the more common reaction would man why'd you let that happen God God why'd you allow that God what are you doing and it brings him into the conversation as if he's responsible are you following me And there's almost an accusation that he could have done something different or didn't do something he could have done. It's not even love. It reduces you to, I need you to do things my way, and if you don't, we have issues. (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that one. That's a real hard place, man. Do you know how many people have that mentality and, have, and that mentality right there robs you and cuts you off from having intimacy and relationship with God? Do you know marriages are like that? Yeah. Marriages are like, hey, you do for me, I'll do for you. You get that thing out of whack, we got issues. Yeah. As much as I can be with you and join with you, I can just as quick... <sighs> don't understand love, covenant, surrender, Jesus. He works all things together for the good, for those that don't project on Him, lose sight of the truth, lose sight of who He is, don't fail to see there's still a tree, and keep Him in the rightful place, and know they love Him, and know they're called according to His So no matter what you're going through, you realize your life is still the will of God, and He is with you and for you and in you period that's the person all things work together for the good for it's very rarely taught God's so merciful that even when people fail those two you still see stuff redeemed but why put yourself through that rocky ride and all that hell of soul when you could just know and be (laughs) Amen. You guys have been patient, thanks. I was on standby. Look, she breathed into it and became a living mic. <laughs> um, just the expanded um,
2: uh, translation that I was reading, the amplified version, it says planted and tended. Oh. And something about that just really, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, that he doesn't just bring you to it and bring you knowledge and plant you and be like okay you're good he keeps coming back he nurtures and he fathers you the whole time he doesn't just say you're smart and you're good and you know who I am now I'll see you later and that's See I mean, how emotional this.
0: she's getting about <laughs> that? That's a sign of intimacy. That's a sign of heart connectivity. I love that. No, that's really good. Yeah, you probably ought to talk and cry more. That's good. <laughs> Do you hear what that one little thought has got her all mushed up. That God didn't just plant me, he tends to me. Now when you get alone and nobody's looking, and you're sitting on your bed, communion, intimacy, and you're reading Psalms 1, and you're reading this, blessed is the man who doesn't walk the counsel of the ungodly standing. Father, I have no desire for the wisdom of the world. Father, I separate myself right now and I give myself to you and I thank you, Father, that your wisdom is what rules me. Your way is the way that i really hear. and if I hear any other way, I just thank you that it's so made known to me because truth's residing in my heart. God, I want you. I want your wisdom. I want to see your face. I'm thanking you. You're the one that leads me and guides me. I was tutored in this world but I thank you you've called me out of it and put me into your kingdom and I thank you that you're the source of my life and I honor you. Oh, my delight is in you, Lord. And my delight is in your law. <laughs> I shall be like a tree planted. All of a sudden, Shane is sitting there and she says, and Father, you don't just plant me. You tend me. You keep me. I'll never be afraid again. Your hand is upon my life. Who's going to snatch me from your palm? God, I am yours forever. I am your little girl. And I thank you for snatching me out of the darkness and putting me in everlasting light. <laughs> God, I worship you. This is what she's doing, or you're doing, or I'm doing, while we're reading the Bible. Amen. It can never become head knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, and I'm gonna bring forth my fruit in season. See, there when the Holy Spirit started taking me into this kind of stuff, I was one week, two weeks, three weeks old in the Lord. I would read stuff like this, and I would make it to three verses. And an hour would go by. Three verses. And an hour. Why? Because those three verses are saying so much. That if I would take my time and begin to agree with them, the Holy Spirit's going to expound and open up even more and just cause me to see even more because there's enough here to just camp out for a while, right? And as I get into relationship, I'm not just feeding my knowledge to what the Bible says. You know, well, you know what the Word says, brother. It's not like that. That's not what, we've hurt each other with that. Well, what's the word say about that? Well, what's the word? And and it's like, we're just, word, 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 and it sounds right. You, you all know what I'm saying, right? Because you start lording that over. Well, the Bible says, and now you just give them your last three things. You just, because you read your Bible. now. You, and it's not even love for them. You're not even seeing where they're at and how they feel. There's no sensitivity. It's just, well, why are you saying that? If you read the word, well, if you knew the word, you wouldn't say that. And it's more of a this than a... yeah. Watch this. So you're sitting there. You bring forth a fruit in your season, your leaf. Father, I thank you. There's no such thing as burnout in my life because I'm not trying to do anything to become anything. I'm already your son. I'm already empowered. Your spirit already lives in me. I'm enjoying the ride. I get the blessing and benefit of becoming your heart by your spirit. It's your desire that I'm a tree. It's your desire I'm planted and tended. Everything about me is your will. You've initiated this thing and you'll see it through to the end. I just keep my eyes on you. This is amazing. See what's that? See, that's like yay. (laughs) <laughs> so now, how, what, what do you mean, your leaf wither? Well, you know, like, it's a tough grind, brother, I mean, you know, but it's a hard. And... I know you might feel that way because you got your eyes on whatever, but no, I don't understand. No, it's not that way. And, and you have to get alone with God and start seeing what it's really like. My leaf shall not wither. So anything that sells me short of that isn't the truth. So so I'm pastoring, phones ringing, needs. I got people on my phone just in the last few days that, that still believe I'm their answer and that I have to go to the hospital to see the loved one and drive up to Hershey to this emergency and call this person in another state because they have a crisis and it's constant. And if I didn't understand what I'm saying, I'd be like, "Would you just leave me alone?" I'm not everybody's answer. Grow up! (laughs) Come on! And I don't... None of that stuff is even a temptation to me. I understand. I see past all that. There's need. They love people. Sometimes people are going through something and it's so in their face that they feel like they're the only ones on the earth and the only one that has a crisis. If you'd hear the compulsion on the phone sometimes... Please, I know you're busy. I know you don't have probably a lot of time, but this is so important, so important. And they start crying. You don't understand. This is my mother. And if I didn't understand and be able to see, Pez, I think, well, yeah, and it's everybody else's mother too. And you selfish thing. Why don't you? you just, you're just getting wrapped up in your own need. Why don't you cry out to God and have some faith and do it? see? That would be a hard-hearted preacher, man. There's people. <laughs> I had one pastor tell me personally, you know, this ministry thing would be great if it wasn't for the people.
2: Yeah. Oh, I knew this.
0: He said, there's just people are so challenging. It's so hard to love the church, man. And I said, huh? But he was so serious. <laughs> oh, he said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you're in a place of love, there's a wisdom that comes with it. When them people are on your phone machine talking like that, you understand what's making them feel that way. And you have compassion. You understand that what they're saying is in a sense self-consumed. They're, making, they're actually, it's so funny, the ones that say, look I know you're crazy, crazy, they use all these adjectives, crazy, insanely busy. But, I know you probably have no time whatsoever today, but 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 I really need just five minutes. And it's so funny because they're on one hand saying, I really feel bad I'm calling you, but I really need to call you and I don't feel bad enough that I'm not calling because I'm calling you and I and they're trying to work through all that in their language and it's like, Oh bless their heart would they just ask what they want? Because they call. But they go through all that. It's it's so hilarious. It happens all the time. It's all the time. It's hilarious. And I'm a little behind right now. I've got I I don't like turning people into a list and a number, but I feel like I've got people on a list and numbers right now at home. There's people from Friday I haven't even called, and I'm getting backlogged. It's funny. But I'm not burned out. I'm not frustrated. I'm not tired. I'm not carrying a burden. I'm not everybody's answer. I'm doing what I know I can do. And I'm trusting God with the big picture. Do you see? I'm not here thinking, God, now I'm teaching this school. And right now I know I can hear by the spirit. My phone's ringing. And I'm not there to get back to people. So the list is getting longer. Oh, my God, when I get home, all I have is to call people back all day long. <laughs> Come on, there's a way you can start thinking like that. And all of a sudden, it's just ministry. Instead of loving people. All of a sudden, it's just needs driven and ministry. And your heart will get hard and hurt. That's what happens to folks. That's what happens to ministers. They lose sight of the why and who they really are and who God is in the midst. Rachel, do you have something? When you're working with people, how do you... That's good. She had a question about children the other day. It was awesome. Brought her to tears. It was <laughs> a good question. You're going to cry again, aren't you?
2: I just may, actually. <laughs> I can tell. I can uh, feel it. <laughs> people, I love people, and I love to help them Um and you want to steer them in the direction of the Lord. Right. So when you're working, and like you said, people are calling you constantly for that. How do you know when, I I don't know, is it spirit-led where you just know that, okay, this is my time where I can shut it off, where God and the Holy Spirit have to finish the work, so that it doesn't, I guess takes so much of you. Does that make sense?
0: Super dependent on you. Sure. There's there's codependent stuff where they all of a sudden rely on you and the fact that I go through that with seasons with people. I'll let people do that for a while because they don't have the strength to. I could tell them to stand on their own or to do this or that, and, and yet they really just need to hear your voice tomorrow morning. You know what I'm saying? They're just in that place. You just discern that stuff and you know. And then there comes a time where it's just like you grow and you're nurturing them. And you're just, it's kind of like a mama bird. You're feeding that little baby. And in the beginning, that baby's just, I just had it. We just had a nest in our little bushes there. And... and. uh yeah and I have, I, 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 for, I don't have to go into detail but I have, a, I have a mealworms in an aquarium that I have. I, I'm a fisherman at times, I use them. I have a pet toad, I feed him them. and I have millions of <laughs> mealworms in this aquarium, right? So these birds are, are my little buddies now. When I walk outside they sit from me to you. And they go, <laughs> the mom and dad, and they're like, where's the mealworms? How about?" And I have a little lid out there that I pour them in a plate. And they're like, y- there's no mealworms in the plate. <laughs> And, and I went out, and I was sitting on a chair reading, and they wouldn't let me read. Like, the, the, ones, the ones sitting on the pole and the ones on the top of the bush, I could almost touch them, and they're going, Wah, rah, rah. I said, you guys need more mealworms? How much do they eat? Come on. And I'm like, and they're just sitting there like, and, and as soon as I go in and bring out the mealworms, they see the little cup, and, and as soon as I pour them and back away, they Poof, and they fill their little beaks, and birds can count. They got three babies, and they get three mealworms every time. And they go in and feed them. So it's just like when I first peeked in in the eggs hatch. There's a reason I'm telling you this bird story. <laughs> it's going to answer your question, Rachel. When I first looked in, I knew these bright little blue eggs are cat birds. And I'd peek in and, and I knew these eggs were in there for a while. And I'm thinking, they're going to hatch soon. Well, because of nature and instinct and stuff. Stuff grows extremely fast in the wild like birds. They can't just sit in a nest forever. Something's going to get them sooner or later. And they grow very fast, right? So I looked in there. And it was the day they hatched. And these little things were shaking. They could hardly even like sit up. They were just, they're just quivering in their little pink, little fuzzy things. And they're tiny. And I'm like, look at these little things. Well, it was about three, four days later. I didn't want to be in there fussing with them too much, but I was feeding, giving them up. So they had unlimited food supply, these little birds. They they ate a lot of mealworms. (laughs) But I picked in there about three days later, and all three of them are sitting up straight, going, It's little birdies in a nest, they need mommy. They're in a little season where they are so dependent. They are so, and and who knows that we want to grow up into him in all things. But there's a time where you really nurture somebody. But here's what you have to do. This is why we talk about getting your heart perfected in love and formed in love and receiving the love of God. Because if you begin to see how God had to father you and tend to you and nurture you in life, it'll start giving you compassion towards others. Like The more you receive forgiveness, the more your heart is in position to forgive. The more you truly, viably, truly receive mercy, the more you become a vessel of mercy. So the more you appreciate him and live in thankfulness and appreciate his goodness, the more you'll see that go this way. So because of that one concept, I understand there's seasons and people. And, 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 and at the same time, people can get to depend on you, rely on you, almost make you as if you're Jesus in their answer. And, and you know what I mean? So if you perceive that at some point. But here's the thing I want to all challenge you with. The mindset that says that that has to wear you out is not true. Yes. Now that's coming from somebody that's been saved 16 years and... Probably at the level I'm talking almost the whole time, because we had a home group well before I was pastoring, and over 200 different people came through there in two years. And my phone would get 10 to 12 calls a day when I was one year old in the Lord. So I've been living this way ever since I've been saved. And I haven't been tired. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Or I'm putting on a good show for you. I said something to Pastor Don. One time about somebody said this and thought this, and, and he laughed. He said, buddy, I've known you since about the year 2000. He said, if that's even a little bit true, you are one amazing actor, man. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> so, so watch. So this little birds, and then, and then uh, it was just two weeks ago. I didn't know it was this fast, but it was just two weeks ago. Now they're eating good. But uh, uh I looked in. Well, then they—they're now their eyes are open and they're all like this, but they're bigger. Their feathers are already popping out. This is like a five, six days into hatch, and they're already three times the size. Yes. And they're already—and—and and then you know what was cool? I started feeding them myself. They, uh, I would pull back the bush and they'd all be there, and I was just stuffing down there. And they went, <laughs> they're like, "Thanks, buddy, thanks." And then—and then I peeked in and they got a little bigger and realized you don't look like my mother. <laughs> And and they got a little older, a little smarter, and they would be like, and and then they'd go. And they were sitting there, all three in the nest, sitting, and they're looking at each other like, that don't look, that don't look like mom. So, so they all put their beaks down. They're all like, they're like intimidated, like. And, And it was so cute. I just touched one a little bit on the beak, and he went. Uh, but anyway, and he ate it. I go, like, you little bugger, you. He's like, they're all scared, but he's like, I am hungry. <laughs> but you're not my mom. But, but you can just see them change. Well, then it was like four days later, I went out, and here they were sitting on my neighbor's hedge, the little ones. They got out of the nest because they're crowding out the nest. They can hardly fly. They, they like buzz a little bit. They, they look like an overweighted bee. <laughs> And, and they're just sitting there. So they're still dependent, but they're growing. And they're still being fed. But who knows that they're going to they're gonna fly soon on their own. They're going to get their own food. They're gonna... So that principle is a really neat principle. You have to discern. And if you rightly discern where people are, there's a release of compassion with your understanding. Does this make sense? So when you look at a person, don't just see them as... See, that's where the selfless thing... Because I understand you have to get to work. I understand... Believe me, I understand. My phone rings when it can't ring. (laughs) But it rings. And if you don't understand what I'm telling you, you'll have natural reasoning and natural knowledge to be all kinds of other things. And then you'll, you'll fail to even see the value. There's hard times sometimes where I have to pick up the phone. And I told you that day I got here a little late to school. There was, I just had to pick up the phone. There was a girl on my phone. Now I could have said, well, she's just going to have to wait because I got school. And God, you know I have school. If I start talking like that, it, I'm covering up self-connotation with spiritual language. I, I don't even do that. I just, I, my heart broke. When my heart went, uh And I heard her on my phone crying. And I, I grabbed that phone. And I knew I was going to be late. And I just picked up the phone. And I said, hey, girl. Hey, I'm here. I was just ready to step out. But, man, I heard your heart. What's going on, kiddo? <gasps> it's all right. Well, yeah, but now I'm going to make you late. <laughs> it's all right. We live in eternity. It'll work out. You called, what's going on? You took my time with her. There's times I'll grab the phone and say, listen, man, I can tell you're hurting. Listen, there is, you don't understand where I'm in the middle of right now and where I have to be. You, don't, you realize right now I've got to catch a flight. Listen, I love you. Read this right now. Scripture, I'll give them. Read this right now. Turn your heart, begin to pray. You believe this scripture, okay? And You, you, you get on this. I'll call you when I get to wherever. And that's the stuff, I do that stuff. But, but in time, I do that with people. I uh, don't counsel them as much. There's a time I just give them almost this, I understand they need, they're like that little tiny bird that just came out of the egg. This situation's new, they feel overwhelmed. They're, the only reason they're calling me, the only reason they're calling you is because they're looking for hope and help. Right? <sighs> And then at some point, I'll give them a little more freedom to enter into this or that or read. You could call it little assignments, whatever you want to call it. But what I do is I, I nurture him toward him. You mm-hmm. see what I mean? Yeah. I just had somebody call me a serious crisis right after being on the phone. I didn't, it, it, my time so collapsed on Saturday, it was unbelievable where the day went. It was just boom. But I was from one crisis to another. And it was life-stopping situations young man tough situation another person and 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 what I do is I start to give them assignments and I start pointing them this way because I'm not everybody's answer I can't be (coughs) but I can point them to him you get what I'm saying but if you keep that Rachel in perspective and you understand you got to put yourself in a person's shoes to be able to minister them with compassion. You have to understand where they're coming from, not how they're infringing on your day. If it's just how they're infringing on your day, you could substantiate that with natural wisdom and you could get a lot of friends that feel the same way to agree with you. Well, yeah, but you gotta get to work. You can't have them calling you. And all of a sudden when the phone rings, instead of, wow, compassion, it's like, oh, here we go again, oh my God, it is her. And now you're frustrated. Well, you can't tell me that's Jesus. Even if it's, you know, sweetheart, listen, you called me the last two mornings. See, I'm abruptly honest with people because I love people. So I'd be like, honey, you called me the last two mornings. I want to let you know I'm doing this school and I'm getting ready for school and it's very difficult. It actually puts me in a tough spot because I love you. I want to take time with you. But it puts me in a very tough spot because I have all these students that have committed, they've registered. We have... I have an appointment I have to be there and this is not the time to call me you've got to be patient and I'll get back to you but right now in the meantime how about this and please man just in this window of time don't call me in the morning I'll talk like that and then and I've had this happen both ways I'll reaffirm and ask ten times sound redundant are you okay do you hear me real clear you're not hurt by anything I said right no no I'm fine I'm fine I'll hang up and they ball. But I know that I'm doing my best to convey truth to them. And, but it just shows how fragile some people are and how we, and if you, they feel rejected now by you, they're like, oh my God, he doesn't even, oh my God, I called and I, I probably now, I just infringed on this day. I'm so selfish, why did I even call him? I shouldn't have called him, I feel so stupid. I don't know if I'll ever face him again. It's crazy stuff, it's from one extreme to the other. Ah! <laughs> Be free, unravel, come on, get loose. <laughs> <laughs> I've been through all that, more than you can imagine, to where I find out that person, and I say, wait a minute, I ask you 10 times, and they'll say, well, yeah, and then I'll minister to that area of their life. You see what I mean? It's just, but it's all part of just loving people. It's called loving people. Amen? Thank you, Seal. So I hope I answered your question okay. You'd be abruptly honest, but here's the deal. You want to always have your heart in those situations move with compassion and a heart for the person. If you respond to a person in that situation just in light of how they're inconveniencing your time, your day, and eating your life up, you will probably see very little grace on your words and probably end up touching them wrong. I'm extremely merciful and compassionate to people that way because I understand, first of all, they're really hurting. They're not understanding. There's something wrong. Even if they're out of order, leaning on me, codependent, leaning on me, there's a reason. Yes. Yeah. Come on. If Jesus just looked at our lives and weighed our lives yeah. like we tend to do, I bet some of us would get cut off yeah. along the way. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> Right? So let's just make sure. So I, I got to get in this here a little better in the, the second half. Hopefully, I can establish some things. We're just going to uh, try to do this. But it's break time. I got my. Uh, Sue was landing in the airplane a while ago back there. Jesus. So <laughs> you're a blessing. We appreciate you. Go take a break. Use the potty. Love somebody. Hug somebody. Bless somebody. I'm just telling you. You're ready, ain't you? huh you did (laughs) it's because your blood is so sweet (laughs) what were you in the water what were you doing cleaning a pond you guys ready I guess we're ready there's still a lot of people out there I guess but we're just going to get rolling for time's sake okay okay I've been wanting to get to this This meditating on the Word, this meditating in the Lord thing is really, really powerful because it's taking your Bible reading from being just building up your knowledge and just learning what the Bible says. It transitions it into a personal communion. A lot of people... If I would go around and ask people, and you'd be humble and honest, that how many of you feel like it feels like? What do you mean, get alone with the Lord? Like I can pray about people and things, my family, I can have a prayer life, but as far as communing with the Lord, fellowshiping, or I get alone with the Lord, kind of like where do I go from here? Okay, here I am. I've had people say they'll go sit in their bedroom, close the door, and it's like now what? Yeah. And they kind of feel like they don't know where to go from there. So if I'd really go around the room you'd be and people would be honest, you'd be amazed how many people would say I've encountered that same experience where I get alone, it's like I set time apart to maybe meet with God personally, but where do I go from there? Or it doesn't seem really re- real or like he's really close or seems far away anyway and that kind of thing. The Word of God, meditating in the Word of God day and night is a big deal. Uh, reading your Bible... I make this comment a lot. I say, you know, I don't read my Bible to know about him. I read my Bible to know him. So just your little motivation like that can be a big deal. So you take the Bible, you can open it up and read it like a history book. Who knows that's true? Yeah. Who knows you can just read your Bible for information? Yeah. You just read your Bible to know what it says. Yeah. And, and, and there's, a, there's a benefit there because it's alive and Holy Spirit will start having a voice in your life in those areas. There's a true conviction that can come in your life in certain areas because of things you've deposited. So there is a benefit in the goodness. But I don't want to just read it to have Bible knowledge. I want to know God. You want to know God, right? We want to know Him and walk with Him more effectively. So that the Word of God in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. I realized by the Spirit of God a long time ago, this is like my face-to-face encounter with Him. I, I look into who He is here. And no man can look into his face and live. So as I look in and see who he is, it dismantles who I am apart from him. And it raises me back up in truth. So I don't just find him here. I actually find the truth about me here. And the real me I find here. So I'm finding him and myself in him because we've always been one since the beginning in his heart. He saw me before I was seen. True? So meditating in the word is going to bless you. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing. So I did a little bit of it just sitting there. You know, you're sitting and you're reading. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, who doesn't stand in the path of sinners or sit. And then you begin to express your heart. You declare your heart towards God. You'd be amazed how big that can get, guys. See, it's not about, oh, I got to read my Bible. No, I want to become the truth that it's speaking about. I want to become the word become flesh, okay? So I'm not just sitting trying to achieve reading a chapter or I got my chapter in today or I make sure I read two chapters a day. You know, you can do that. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but be sure that in that process you understand and learn to commune with the Lord. There, There might be days in this thing that I'm talking about communing with the Lord. Well, honestly, you could sit down and read this first verse And begin to get into prayer and communion, set yourself apart, deny yourself, receive and put on the new man. You could end up for a half hour just responding to that one thing from your heart in communion with God. And that's total viable prayer, communion, surrender and graces all over that. And you read one verse because of what that's saying. And what you do is you sanctify yourself through your prayers. You set yourself apart. Father, I have no need for natural wisdom. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're giving me an ear to discern and hear just the way that seems right to man, that you're making it so obvious to me through filling my heart with truth. Lord God, I've lived a certain way my whole life, and those ways are over. Lord, you're training me up in a brand new way. I'm putting on Christ today. You you read that and you begin to pray this way and have communion with God. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit will meet you there how sometimes you'll leave the room and it'll feel like you just talked a lot about what you were. But here's the thing. He's expanding your heart with understanding. You're getting more out of the word. You're not just reading it to get through it. It's becoming alive to you. All of a sudden it becomes a part of who you are. Now you're embracing it as truth and now truth's making you free. So you're leaving your bedroom and you're coming out of your bedroom transformed by spending time in him. Why? Because you're releasing faith in an area. And when you release faith, grace comes to meet that faith and begins to mold and etch you. Grace is like what fashions you. Grace is the the workmanship and the craftsmanship of God. It's, It's his skillful hand working inside of you to make you like him. That's what grace does. Grace is God's ability. It's God's power and he's willing to use it on your behalf to make you look like him. Well, he's releasing faith in his value to God, in his love life, and, and the ability to see people through God's eye, and that when he sees the world, he's, I see what you see, Father, because we are one. You've put yourself in me, and you're the one that looks through my eyes, and you're causing me to see the world with the value they possess in your heart. Sit and pray in that, right? He can't read on love and just go out and do it. As he's praying this way, Holy Spirit's doing a work. It's supernatural. You're saved by grace through faith. Who gets the glory? Come on, we're not self-made. He's not going to just give some big trophies and some little trophies and some no trophies. Hey, you know, wow, what a great Christian. Hey, and now I just want to introduce to the heavenlies, super Christian, you know? And, uh, no, what makes us amazing is that he's amazing, and we've yielded to him, and his spirit's working effectually in us. He's not just going to say, Brent, come to the front. He's super Christian. He did everything right. Right? He's not going to say that. I mean, well, <laughs> Brent, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> but it's not, he's not going to get a reward. We're not going to put a little cope. Uh, cape around him with with sc on it you know super christian and then and then and then he leap off the hand of god and glide across the heavens it's see (laughs) we're gonna weep it's we know what we are is by the grace of god I, i before the gospel came to my life i didn't even care about you be real i didn't even care about you and if I had anything to do with you, there would have been something in it for me. Whether it just a relationship made me feel better, dependency was filled in something, or whatever. But it had nothing to do with valuing you Amen. before Christ. had nothing to do with valuing you. It's only the gospel that changes you on the inside and causes you to see the value of people to where all of a sudden you're not mad and angry and frustrated with people, judgmental. And on the inside, there's not envy and pride and comparison. Where on the inside, you actually look and you love people. Why? Because you've become one with love and you've taken the time to let him cultivate your heart by releasing faith and saying, I want this. You see? When you do that, that's communion. Grace comes and says, okay... He changes your eye by showing you something different. You agree to it and then he changes the way you see. He shows you there's another way to look. You say, "Yeah." And then he says, "Okay." Come on, this is not rocket science. It's it's grace. It's salvation. I don't know about you hard heart attitude pride judgment that inside stuff we do our whole life we've done is the fall of man deluxe anybody can do it it's it doesn't make you special it makes you fallen (laughs) how's that Because it's so proud, it's at the expense of others It's exalting yourself, your own mind and your own opinion Above the world, above everybody It's self-righteous, it's the fall of man deluxe Eat the tree and you'll be God So now you project your opinions on people And you sit with an inner counsel Oh, what a jerk What a jerk Come on you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not somebody awesome if you sit there with that inside your heart and that's the assessment of people around you. Oh, what a jerk. No, that just means you have a desperate need for Christ and salvation. Degenerate deluxe.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's right. Because what you're doing is you're valuing yourself above them apart from truth. Wow. Wow. Come on. If God lived in that eye, he'd look at the earth and say, what a bunch of jerks. They know what's right and can never get it right. What was I thinking? Why would I love them? Bunch of losers. Come on, that's what that mentality would suggest then. That isn't how God sees us. Self-righteousness is a wretched, terrible, awful thing. It's, it's, It's us getting saved by grace and then forgetting how we got saved. And then looking at others through a different eye than God looked at us through. That's self-righteous. Do we have the mic? Jenny, do you still have the mic? Are you my mic lady today? You're awesome, thanks. No, that's fine. She's taking notes, good. She might just preach that sometime. That whole thing that you just (laughs) demonstrated up there, it uh, just... That's what sanctification is. There's just a separating unto truth. Sanctification is not this, whoo thing right. that happens. It's, it's a setting apart. It's just a, so that's actually that's what that is, right? It's exactly that's a what it is. Watch this. Like, I was in the wow. world. Now I'm not. I was I was thinking the way a man thinks. I was thinking. Watch this. Is I was thinking for me. One minute ago. Now I've looked into the word and went whoa, and I get convicted. This is repentance. Now I change my mind. I think, wait a minute, I was living for me, I'm selfish, that's so ridiculous, all I care about is really me, and honestly, me, when I cared about me, I didn't even like me, truly, I didn't even like me, I didn't even like who I was, I didn't like myself at all, but I wanted you to love what I didn't like, because then it would try to fill that void, because I had so much lack of identity, that if you would love me, it would help me like me. Can you imagine living that way, and then you enter into a relationship with someone, With all that twisted, whacked motivation. And they become the meeting of your need instead of your love. That's why I get on this topic so big because that happens all the time. Insecurity, identity crisis. Meet one another. Yes, uh, is right. That's why what we say we love we can hurt and devastate and cut off in time. I get on that topic and stuff goes through me like crazy but watch this let me get back on track here with sanctification watch I read the word and the word gives light in his light we see light his word is the entrance way to light so his word is truth it's light I read the word and all of a sudden another way which is the way comes to knowledge you get it my heart goes wow I've been living totally opposite of this, right? Repent, you begin to change the way you think and you go, whoa, man, I don't wanna live for myself. God, I don't wanna, and all of a sudden you're repenting and salvation's coming, why? Because God is removing that. Faith is being released. My life is worth living. There's more to me than what it seemed. I am worth your salvation because you made me for this, not this. And all of a sudden, you're changing. It's repentance and grace is coming over your life. And it's making you the very living product and expression of what you're now seeing. You see? So you're stepping out of the old. This is sanctification. Stepping out of the old into the new. And now you're set apart Washed through the blood, forgiven by God, filled with His Spirit, for a purpose. Does this make sense? Yeah. It's a supernatural, awesome spiritual process. Now, people say, "Well, the sanctifying process, in the sense of being separated from darkness, is a, is a right now thing." But the sanctifying process, in the sense of the saving of your soul and the redeeming and renewing of your mind, you walk in that and grow in that. At I'm just going to be plain at the level you surrender. It says you're, he has already through one sacrifice perfected forever those who are being sanctified. That means those who are being cultivated in truth and manifesting truth. You're growing up into him. But it's at the level you surrender. Because if you hold on to rights, if you draw lines, then you're only receiving levels of grace according to what you're willing to believe. But if you sell out, if you see Jesus and you purpose to follow him and you get along with God and just give it all, it was like that little note I read to you that one of the students handed me. You purposed in your heart to never again live your life for your own motives. You gave yourself to God and he showed you his salvation. He saved you. That's exactly what happened to me. I saw clear what was motivating me and didn't want that to ever motivate me again. So I told God that and gave my heart to Him in that way and my prayers began to dictate that and declare that and I stayed in that surrendered place and grace comes and makes it your reality. It's where all of a sudden I'm not trying not to be selfish. You get what I'm saying? It's just your heart. It's the way it is. It's just all of a sudden I'm not trying to love you. Come on, if I'm trying to love you, it means I don't. I'm trying to. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm just trying to love, brother. I'm trying to love. No, no. I'm just trying to love him right now. I'm just trying to love him. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never get there that way. I saw your hand. I'll call you in the music. Here's what you do. When that's trying to happen, and you're tending to see the worst in them, and they're rubbing you the wrong way. Father, I thank you. You never get rubbed the wrong way. Whatever's causing this, and however I feel, and whatever's rationalizing my feelings right now, I thank you that you teach me, that you show me, that you can remove that away, and just continue to show me the value of this person. You love them. You shed the blood of Jesus. For the last two days, I've been focused on their weaknesses. And God, right now, I just focus on their strengths and the blessing of the potential of their life. And if I would have to, if I would have to, I would speak out and declare their destiny, their value, just as if I was praying over my own life. Why? So that I could start seeing them at the same value I see myself and I could never project from above them and talk down to them. See what I'm saying? Because that's what you do when you're frustrated with a person. You've elevated yourself, whether you realize it or not. You've elevated yourself above them. And now you're talking from the place of demeaning them. Mm -hmm. Every mountain's low. Every valley's There's no high place and no low life. No hot shot low life. We all need the blood of Jesus. And by His grace, we're all saved. Yeah. We all have equal, amazing value. Yeah. God. Yeah. And if I have that value, and I'm... See, I'm not on an island by myself with Jesus getting all built up in the Spirit and then looking down on you. I'm with Jesus getting all built up in the Spirit so I can see you exactly how He sees me. Yeah. That's the key. Right? Right? Go ahead. Sorry, I, I did see uh, you.
2: Dang, it's like you you like answer the question like okay. when someone raises their hand you always like start speaking and then you're answering the question before they speak it. Well
0: like good. That. that was a but but like,
2: Holy Ghost, probably. We'll blame him. Like <laughs> he can take it. <laughs> when you, I think what keeps me back and probably a lot of people from that intimacy with God is like you don't feel like you're fully please, pleasing him like he's already pleased with you and you're trying to do it out of a mm-hmm. um you like I could even look at your life and just see the reality that you have and like oh I want that I need to do something to get to that for god I need to really please him so I can have that with him type mentality and then you go in there and you're you're trying to strive and and you I've heard you say before like when you're focused on yourself that's where discouragement comes
0: Well, some people get alone in that place, and and what rises up in them, it just sometimes happens automatically, is what you judge yourself in, what you feel still lacking in your life, what you're not fulfilling, what's still missing. And there's times that can be convictions in God. They can be in the Holy Spirit, because you have truth in you, and they're just areas to surrender to you. But what people do is, then they put that on as a garment as if this is me and it's almost like here I am with you and I'm like this and, uh, and it doesn't invoke intimacy. Man, if you have that kind of stuff going on, it's not a bad thing, it's never condemnation. So just start naked and not ashamed, just start unraveling and undressing before God those things. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But, but there's another thing I wanna address and I'll let you finish your heart. You have to be very careful that you don't compare yourself to yeah. one another. Yeah. But that you're inspired by one another to follow after Christ as you see something in them you appreciate. But if you compare yourself to them and you feel like, wow, he's so pleasing to God. He does this and that. And I see the reality. I sure don't have that. Even if I'm preaching, some people tend to hear what I'm preaching to locate where they're not instead of where God's pointing. Mm, yeah. See, it's a, it's, we've been trained in an era of condemnation and works. Yeah. legalism and law we don't realize we've been trained in that way so here's the deal you are already pleasing to Him. He is yeah. pleased to love you, save you. So you have to stand there, start there. You're not introspecting yourself. You're getting alone with God. If some conviction rises in your heart in that process, man, the ear you hear it in is huge. All of a sudden, something comes to light or you think, man, you know, it doesn't have to be this way or I've kind of held on to this or I haven't really walked strong in this way. All of a sudden, that to me, I receive that as conviction. <laughs> conviction and condemnation are totally two different things. Conviction means to shine light upon Condemnation means I'm judged for a thing. You're never judged by God. He did not come to judge you, but to save you, right? So when convictions come, don't misinterpret them and let a legalistic mindset beat you down when God's lifting you up. So he's trimming. That's like a circumcision, if you will, of the heart. He's just cutting things off. So take off that garment. You don't look good in that. That wasn't made you. That wasn't tailored for you. That is not who you are. You don't look good in that. Take that thing off. You look better undressed, right? Amen. Go ahead, but well, finish your thought.
2: It's not so much like that. It's like um, like I'll get pumped up just realizing who I am in Christ sometimes and then like just being that. And then I hear something from some preacher or somebody and then I feel like um, it's almost like, well, I don't have that. And then I get in a mentality where I need to work for that type thing. Not like mm-hmm. Not like putting off sin, but almost like, like you're, you're chasing your tail type thing is what happens. Like you already have it, but you're, you're, you keep on going to get some right. special gift. Yeah, and there's thing. still,
0: there's something, in, uh, and I hope you can hear me clearly, is that comparison thing. Because when you hear stuff, it should be exciting. If somebody's talking about something that you haven't walked in, rather than go, man, I don't have that. And then you get under pressure, like you have to become that. Yeah, That's not the joy of your relationship. In other words, it ought to make you like spiritually froth at the mouth, man, and go, whoa, that is so pumped and exciting in me. I would love, yeah, God, that's something I can grow in. It should be a perspective that's exciting. It's something being unveiled and released and built in your life. Do you know what I mean? It's that, it's just that I, guys, when you weigh like that and you think, boy, I don't have that. I need to have that because then it has the tone of, I'm not complete till I have that. I'm not qualified till I have that. I'm not accepted. I'm not fully pleasing till I have that. And it puts you back under a yoke. Yeah. Instead of freedom, here's the you're already free, you're already loved. Look, while you were yet a sinner, Christ died. (laughs) Dude, while you were an enemy with working works in your mind, he said you're holy, blameless, and above reproach through one sacrifice. You start there and rejoice. And if you look at something in somebody's life or hear a preacher, and you get a conviction and say, Man, that's never been built in me. Wow, I haven't even thought that. Wow, I feel like I'm lacking in that. God, I so thank you for bringing that to my understanding. It is so my privilege to yield to you in that area. God, and then you cut off the old and you put on the new. It's simply through prayer. But the whole time you're doing that, you're fully pleasing to Him. Especially because your heart cares, and you want that. You're you're a teachable person. In other words, when you see that thing, you're not going, whatever. When When you see that thing or hear that thing, you're not going, whatever. Or, yeah, hey, that's cool, whatever. You know, or you're not just deaf and blind and dumb. You're going, whoa. Wow, it's saying something, but don't let it shift. Don't any of you let it shift into where it works, like works versus relationship. You know, some people start out, the Galatians started out by grace in the Spirit, and Paul asked who bewitched them, and how are you going to accomplish in the flesh what you began by the Spirit? Do you see what I mean? The flesh could be, it doesn't mean some kind of evil flesh sin. It means working things out in your own strength, ingenuity, (laughs) ability, and effort. You have to be careful to just remain in this place of grace. So here's how simple I am. If you want to, if you have a yes in your heart to the things of God and you want to become that, that's your part you take that into a secret place of prayer and commune that with God and grace says, oh, that's so cool. (laughs)
2: That's
0: how it works. And it's just that simple. Come on. If this wasn't that simple, we'd be like, man, we'd all be like, you know, Come on, some of us that have grown in the things of God, we'd have spiritual calf muscles. We wouldn't have We'd have cows. We'd have spiritual cow muscles. We'd be so built up, you know, because we've worked so hard. We've done so many reps. I'm saved by grace. Do <laughs> you get it? It's not just because I've run enough laps. It's because i believed him. Hear this. this there'll be grace on this. I can tell there's grace on this. I am what I am because I've believed him. I yeah. wow. yeah. wonder if it's that simple. <laughs> you getting that? Oh, that's good. It's because I've believed him. I've believed on him. Get it? I know him in whom I've believed. Believing takes you there. It's to the believer. It's, it's, see, we think it has to be something more and intellectual and something we can wrap our mind around. No, it's something you wrap your heart around. I believe. What do you believe? He loves me. I'm his. I have the potential of Christ-like life. Spirit of God lives in me. I'm not lacking any good things. Father's pleasure to give me a gift. I believe all that. Any man that comes in must believe that he what? That he is. That he is what? Everything he says he is. He is. Shane's got a question over there. Comment, whatever he has. It'll be good.
1: Yeah, uh it it really just hit me yesterday with um uh kind of and this is uh going off my man's uh, uh comment and question that he had. Uh our culture and kind of our society mixed in with some of our church we're looking for something to fight for uh, we all kind of look for something to fight for something we can dig into something we can become and I've been really struggling with this because for God I mean I want to fight for God I've been thinking of this like a warrior mentality you know I need to jump into God I need to jump into this intimacy to get something to to grow in him so that that I can fight for him and it's very much just a part of our culture and part of who we are and and uh then yesterday uh i i just have it written in my notes that he said i don't want you to become a warrior i want you to be a child you know that's that's what you're called to be and so as being a warrior, you're always looking for new things that you can that you can use in warfare, that you can run out with, that you can become, that you can take to the battlefield. And so we then with that we look at then the works. You know, it's like, oh, I need to get that or I need to right. have that so I can now have it be a part of me and fight for you know uh, this God that I love. But love, how He's calling us to love Him, is not as a warrior, not as a, I need to fight for this or be this or you know, but simply. be that child child. and through that he gives opportunity and he just like in in your life as you progress the more and more and more he uses you as a warrior and he's developing a warrior's heart but it's inside the heart of the place of a
0: child is that helping you that's really that's that's good that feels like a clearer answer than i was able to convey to you is that helping you good good it's just really good. But what a good comment for all of us. Because that warrior is in that child. That, that, that's what you become. But that's good. Yeah.
2: You know what you've really taught us is just the child. Become the child and be love and just love the hell out of
0: them. You don't have to be a warrior. <laughs> I'm gonna love the hell out of you. So, <laughs> like, ah! no, listen, it's a good thing. <laughs> we're like, oh my God, did he say that? Did she say that? That's a good phrase. <laughs> no, I mean, that was make, Jenny. That was not know, Don't make the T-shirts up, you know. But, but, but there's a concept there. That's it's just oh my goodness. Because here's the deal. If we were created in God's image and Christ came and modeled a life that we're called to live and He became what we were on the cross so we can become what He is, it has to be this powerful. Come on, don't turn it into Christian religion. Trying to live the Christian life. It's being sons and daughters. It's learning what it means to be children of God. Yeah, Amen? Communion with God. Meditating in the Word. There's so many examples. I I don't care where you open in your Bible you can use this concept of meditating in the Word. And uh, Todd was messing with me one time. He took the one scripture, I think it was David in the Psalms, and about the, uh, something in the pain and infection or something in my loins or something. It's a, it a terrible section of scripture. And he said, well, how do you meditate on that, buddy? <laughs> we were driving, and I said, really easy. And I just started to meditate on it. And he went, oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> I just, I, 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 I. Meditated in New Testament light yeah. and finished work of Christ. So, because my mind's renewed. Because he was just being silly and he's like, Meditate on that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I did too. And, I, and he just shook his head and laughed like I should have figured he was going <laughs> to. So, but I want to get into. Some, did, you, did I see a hand? Was that your hand?
2: Yeah. And um, as I've been listening to you over the years and been around you and stuff and, and seeing how free you are. And I've seen you for since early 2000, and you're just as bubbly today as you were back then. It's not so. my fault. No,
0: <laughs> but I believe. Ooh! And, Go ahead. And, and, when and when you're
2: around, around that, you know, you, you, it's like, well, hey, this is really real. So you you start seeking and finding and and get into that place, like the the soaking, the intimate time with Jesus, the intimate time with God. But along with that, I found too, it's a place of where you talk about becoming selfless, it's surrendering everything that there is. It doesn't matter
0: what, what comes up, if it's not surrendered, it has to be surrendered. That's exactly right, and here's why that's so important. It's not some legalistic thing with God. I have to have all of you, or I have none of you. So it's not like that. See until you become completely surrendered you won't completely see different than you've seen before you'll see through what you don't let go of you'll still see through the way that seems right to a man where at what point does your mind get renewed see it says do not be conformed to the world but this is phenomenal transformed how by The renewing of our mind. I meditate day and night in the word. I start saying yes to the word. I yield. That's the place of surrender. All of a sudden, the way that I thought was the way is confronted by the way. And in humility, I yield and say, this is higher wisdom. This is deep. This is awesome. Or, wow, this wasn't wisdom at all. This is the truth. And, and it's a whole joyride of just being transformed through the knowing of truth. It's, and then your whole eye, this whole gospel is designed to change the eye you look through. To see situations through love, through Him. This is the biggest stumbling of of our Christian lives. We don't get this understanding. We're just trying to do good works for God. And we're just trying to stay faithful within the church and live a pretty good life and put on a pretty good showing. But we don't don't see the change that comes through just seeing everything through love and different and the value of people and and selfless. See, if there's an ounce of self, you're going to look through the complications of self and whatever that brings and means in a situation. You're going to look at a situation of how this affects me Instead of love for the person It's the automatic response When that's your motive When there's a motive down in you That's less than surrender What Anthony's saying Then your eye's going to channel through that And agree with that And you don't realize Because you are pure You love God You know you need a savior But yet there's still as much fear Or anxiety Or hurt Or jealousy In some people's lives That absolutely You look at them And you know they, they love him And understand the beauty Of what he's done this way But he wants to take it. He doesn't want to come and just love you. He wants you to become that love because you and him are one and he made you in his image. So the whole finished work of Christ, I say it over and over, is not to get you to heaven. It's to get heaven back inside of you and transform your nature back to his so that you're in the world and not of it and you shine forth as a light holding fast the word of life. It's Philippians 2. Amen? Trish? Did you have a question? Can I repeat it? Or do you have a long comment? you need a mic? Okay, I'll just repeat it, she said. Um, how
2: do you know, I mean, how
0: can, like, the whole surrender and not being selfish, not be a doormat, not be... Oh, that's, well, yeah, that's a good, that's an important question to ask, because some people have a doormat, they think they can be a doormat. I, you, I can't be a doormat. Okay. Jesus wasn't a doormat. He was the mo- that was the most unjust act ever done to a man. He wasn't a doormat. He was the perfect example of love. He took no account of a suffer wrong and what he did, he did for the better and sake and whole of, uh, of the whole. I mean, for the sake of the whole, he, he gave his life. Our psychological thinking would tell Jesus, man, you don't need to go through this. Man, you can't let people treat you. You just can't let people walk all over you, brother. You are so pure and so loving and mean well. And there's a time, sir, you need to draw a line. You can't go die on that cross. When Peter told him, this will never happen to you, he said, Peter, you're listening to the devil and you need to get back in tune with God. You know what he said? You're thinking like man thinks. Why? Because man thinks for himself. So watch this. When you're watching Jesus and you begin to value Jesus, now watch, you're going to see something about Peter and why he got so sternly corrected, okay? Because when you start valuing somebody and really caring for somebody and they're meaning something to you then you sentimentally defend them. You you attack anything that threatens them because they're a blessing to you. you. Now, we call it love. (laughs) (laughs) Watch. You know what Peter was saying when he said, this will never happen to you. He was telling him what's going to happen. He said, this will never happen to you. And Peter, (laughs) Jesus really corrected him. He said, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) He was saying, man, that mindset's coming straight from the pit of hell. Why? Because it was totally self-serving. It had nothing to do with love for Jesus. It had to do with themselves. Watch what Peter was saying. This can't happen to you. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. And ain't nobody taking you from me. I ain't living without you. And they aren't doing this to you. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. And this shall never happen to you you're amazing. You're a gift from God. You're awesome. Da, 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 da And then because of that little twist of self-interest, we start identifying psychologically that, you know, you could be a doormat. I say this and I chuckle because it's so true. Like we have this phrase in the church all the time and I get people to come and they counsel with me all the time and they say, "Yeah, but you don't understand. They are so emotionally abusing me. And in the church, we believe that's possible and that's why we're emotionally abused. It's impossible for you to emotionally abuse me I know who I am <laughs> wow. totally impossible there, there's no way you can I don't care if you talk mad at me scream at me and curse me every time I come out of my front door to come to this church if there's people chanting with signs and calling me terrible things how is that emotionally abusing me the only reason in a marriage you can get emotionally abused by your spouse that doesn't see the value of you, or who you are is because you don't realize the reason they can't love you is because they can't love themselves. They don't see the value of their own life. They don't love their own flesh. And instead of hurting for them and crying, we get hurt by them instead of hurting for them. And then all our prayers are hinged based on hurt instead of hurting. Oh, boy. Come on. This is all going to come out in the love thing. It is a little bit coming out now. But, but, but just because you believe... You can be emotionally abused. You're a target. You're just a a sitting duck waiting to happen. You're just abuse waiting to happen. You you can't emotionally abuse me. It's a funny thought to me. See how flaky I get when I preach it? (laughs) Why? Because I know who I am. Come on, if somebody's emotionally abusing me, it's because they don't know who they are and they obviously don't know who I am. So it's their capacity. It's all they know. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Our hearts should cry for people in that situation. It's so important for you to be rooted and established and grounded in truth so that nothing else can eat your lunch and identify you. So you don't put on the harsh words of people. You don't put on the neglect and rejection of people. Come on, what are Christians doing rejected and even counseling and talking about it? Because we don't know who we are. How can you reject me now that he's accepted me? And that is not some arrogant, audacious place that says, well, I don't care if you don't like me. You don't have to like me. Jesus loves me. You don't need to accept me. He's accepted me. No, you've already been hurt. Talking like that, it's not some high ho triumphant declaration that's at the cost of your value to protect myself. No, it's a sincere man. So, how can you reject me? I'm in, guys. So if you don't see the value of my life, if you don't understand the purpose and destiny of your and my life, and you're misreading, why am I rejected? And how can I lay down my life and you not appreciate it and me become a doormat when I love you? Jesus wasn't a doormat. But psychology would reveal him as a doormat. Certain circles and peers if you left it up to Peter and the disciples... He would have been a doormat. And if Jesus had the ability to be talked out of truth, he could have been maybe compelled then by his peers to not go to that extreme because he's the last person that deserves that and people just don't appreciate you. And there's a time you need to just take a stand and and, and let people reap what they sow because da-da-da-da. And you could wrap language around that all day long and miss love. And Jesus would have nothing to do with that. And actually called it the devil guys. He said you're not thinking like God thinks, you're thinking like man thinks. So he attached the devil and man not thinking like God together. Come on sentimentally we've intervened in situations sentimentally we've counseled and befriended people and people we've taken a liking to and we've tried to protect them but we've done that out of our own sentimental hearts because we know how we'd feel if they were in their shoes and we're trying to save them from something only empowering us to hold on to ourselves no we need to be saved from ourselves that emotionally abused one, it doesn't, it, it, it's, it's very challenging to people because we've embraced the language. We, we accommodate, we understand what it means to be emotionally abused, and we accommodate it. We, we think it's possible, guys. And because we think it's possible, we are emotionally abused. <laughs> Look, I'm not exploiting my wife, but when I got saved, my wife got saved with me after seven weeks and then I, start, I was growing and she started comparing herself to me and other things and people were loving on me and oh you're amazing and she'd hear this constant your husband is amazing your husband is and then she started to believe that she's not amazing that they're only talking to her because she's my wife and all of a sudden she has no value I have all the value and she's just on for the ride So I would tell her, Kim, don't let that happen to you. That is just a lie. You're this and you're this. Well, you're supposed to tell me that. Well, that's the right thing to tell me. Well, you just need to tell me that. Well, for about six years, she lost herself and went, I've never shared the depth of stuff with you. But she, and now it's on tape and now it's, but it's not her. She, God has been growing her out of all that. But who knows, every person needs God reality for their own heart. Who knows, I can tell you all day you're valuable and love, but until you get alone and open your heart and say, Father, you really do value me and love me. There's no faith to receive a grace for a revelation. It's just knowledge, and yet there's constantly things contesting it. Yeah. So my wife went into this deep thing for about six years and didn't even want to live. And was like introverted and didn't even want to go out of the house and didn't even want to go to church or Nothing and yet she was my wife, and I'm ministering, call a God. You know, we think we live in a glass house. people Just think what I could have done with that if I didn't understand what I preach to you. See, the reason I preach all this stuff is I have great privilege t- to manifest it all and walk through and all the privileges of trials and adversity, glorying in tribulation because you can manifest truth because it's not about you. So none of it's a pain in the butt or a hard time or, oh my God, you don't know what I've been through. Self-conscious, self-conscious, self-conscious. Man, talk to Jesus, see if it compares. Wonder if he came as a man, you don't know what they put me through. Just look at a sad tale he would tell sitting on a rock. <laughs> I was totally perfect, totally pure. I loved people unfailingly and they rejected me. They blasphemed about me. They called me a devil. I actually healed their sick and they called me a demon-possessed Samaritan. They thought I was a devil. They were so bound with religion, so stiff-necked and obstinate. And and he could just be sitting feeling sorry for himself and want somebody to just understand. (laughs) Oh, boy, I'm preaching good so think of my language all of a sudden I need prayer I need ministry all of a sudden oh my God my wife she's not on page how can I walk together if I don't have the synergism with my spouse I'm so limited until she's all until the devil lets go of her until God you deliver oh I'm this I'm that oh my God I've got to cover up I've got to protect I'm limited I'm so oh brother would you pray for me yeah hey i got a prayer yeah my wife oh my God I don't even understand what you're saying but I see it all the time I never even asked for prayer. I never felt like I needed prayer. <laughs> can I be honest with you, this might, This might. I don't know if you can hear this, God. I've been saved 16 years. It's not wrong to ask people for prayer. There's times you just, you need encouragement for prayer. I don't remember ever feeling like I was hurting and needed prayer. That's awesome. But why? Because of what I believe. There's always an answer in him. Is that to mean people that need prayer? No, that's why I don't want you to hear. But what I'm saying is, we all have a story. If I tell you mine in detail, it might be important. I couldn't just because of people involved in exploiting things. But if I tell you my story in detail, you'd probably understand why I'm what you see. Because I've been through more than you can imagine as close to home as you can think, called marriage to all kinds of stuff. But it's this I I'm teaching you in this belief that sees clear the whole way through. and doesn't make it what it's not. Because if it would be about me right now and my wife's in that place, I'm in deep trouble I'm just now I'm a hard-hearted subverted minister never got to fulfill my calling and there's a deep resentment towards my wife because if she would have been strong and ran with me we could have done this and went to the nations and did this and oh my God and now I'm sitting with regret and 25 years later I got sorrow and regret in my heart and this is my story and this has become my garment come on that's so twisted because the whole time I'm doing that Jesus is Lord are you all following me? So what do you do? Well, you certainly don't get frustrated with Kim because you love her and you understand that she's gone through great identity crisis and deception to the point that the stronghold of what she's believing is, has been so strategically planted that you can't even speak to her because of her ear and you can't even love her and unless God just supernaturally begins to nurture her and father her, you can't just tell her you're loved by God, you're predestined, there's a time to be born. Well, you're supposed to tell me that. We, it has to be her revelation. So watch this. So if I'm frustrated with her and, and I'm and I'm harsh with her and saying, "Girl, you need to get with it," how am I revealing God's love and releasing God's love? No, I'm walking in total patience. I'm not even I'm not even in a belief system where where she's at can be a detriment to me at all. It just makes a draw on love, it just makes a draw on compassion and mercy. I'm not married to her for my sake. <coughs> Hello? See, I can talk like this because I've lived this and lived this. (laughs) And I know what I'm talking about. It's fun for me. Because I watch people. People would call me to pastor them and counsel them in their marriages and weren't even going through an eighth of the things I was in the middle of. And they were calling me and they were devastated. And nobody knew what I was in the middle of. And I was the one giving them counsel. And they weren't even going through an eighth of the scenario. And just because their spouse was being mean, they were falling apart. Or you know this, and well, they don't ever want to agree with me. Well, when I say this, they want this. Well, I, I, I can never be one with them. And now they're ready to give up on Christ. I'm like, what? <laughs> time after time i get these phone calls. I would say, Lord, this is getting funny. <laughs> I'd be like, and I was like, these people are calling me. And it was like, I went, duh. It was like, he said, don't you get it? Because you don't see yourself as a man with a problem. And if your situation is much more extreme than some of these phone calls, don't you see why they're calling you? Because you have something to give them. Because you don't see, you can give them the perspective you're living by without exploiting the situation. Do you get what I'm saying? That's why you hear me say to people, don't, don't exalt your story as if you've been through more than the person beside you. Or we're just making a draw on war stories and then we're reduced to patting each other and saying I'm sorry brother, you've been through that. And we're just comparing ourselves among ourselves with our war stories and accomplishing what? If anything, permission for being the way we are and the way we feel. And if we can share a deeper story than the next person, we're more qualified to be less whatever Come on, that's all self. I just saw that this weekend. The lady said, but you don't know what I've been through. I mean, it rose up in her. She's mad. I said, is that what's important? Knowing what you've been through? I said, honey, are we supposed to compare our stories right now? Listen to me, sweetheart. I took her by the face, held her, looked her in the eyes. You've seen Christ in me all day. That's why you're talking to me you respect me in the Lord don't you shift gears on me I got that straight with her and held her face that's how I am with folks (laughs) because I love people and I don't need to set her straight I want to rescue her from the lie that's eaten her lunch I don't need to be right show her up I want to see her free and it got to the point where she laid on me and bawled and cried it was really fun but what was coming out was the justification of her feelings that were unsanctified. But you don't know what he did to me. Could you imagine God the Father sitting on the throne looking at humanity saying, you'll never know what they did to me. I created them with a vision and a hope. I gave them one command and they broke that and many more sins. They don't even look nothing like me and I'm their father and they don't even seem like they really care most of the time and the list would go on and on if God sapped that mentality and viewed humanity wouldn't it? and then we assume the right to even have one liners and, and situations with that mindset no let's let old things pass away and behold all things become new so we can rightly assess life through him because if God's not sitting on the throne assessing you that way why do you embrace the right to look through other eyes? It's the only place you're going to find truth. That's why the church is hurt, rejected, well, I was really hurt by the church. What are you doing hurt? What do you mean you were hurt by the church? You see what I'm saying? I understand there's innocent young people, and they come into the church, and da-da-da, and they don't know, and they get taken, but somebody needs to be there to impart truth to them rather than wrap their arm around and say, yeah, I'm sorry, I got hurt too. Or, yeah, I know it can be that way, man. Let me tell you what I was through six years ago. Maybe this will help make you feel better. No, it won't. It'll affirm their position. We're trying to relate instead of set free. <laughs> Come on. I had a person say to me once, Well, did you ever, were you ever addicted to drugs? No well then you can't minister to me because you don't know what it's like I said of course I can I've been addicted to sin and I've been addicted to myself I don't have to have done drugs to minister truth to you and walk in the anointing on my life don't you believe that lie (laughs) and I talked to them about being in a prison my whole life my identity's captured and that's all that's going on with you you've just lost sight of who you are you don't know who you are I didn't know who I was either so we have more in common than you think. Don't think I've had to use drugs to minister to you. I've just had to been fallen and saved, and I was, and so were you. <laughs> Come on, that's simple. We get so technical, so psychological. We bring so much intellect into this gospel that we limit grace and the truth so many times. You don't realize how much we value our opinions and how we've taken the way that seems right to manage human psychology and integrated it into the gospel of truth. And I'm not a fan of that at all. It's, it doesn't bring freedom. It actually gives you excuses for the flesh, limitation, and to remain the same. Mm, yeah. no. And I've found a reason to change. Amen. And if I can't find the way I'm thinking in the gospel and in the kingdom of God, why am I thinking that way if I'm his son? If God never saw me that way, why am I seeing you that way? I challenge myself in that stuff. And it's brought me to a place where I feel like my eyes has been fine-tuned to his. Does that make sense? We've actually had a bunch of hands go up, and I was kind of overlooking them. But where was hands? I was just kind of in the middle of a point. It doesn't mean, remember I told you in the beginning, you have to give me, if I don't call on it just means, I'm, we all okay? okay? Hang on. So mostly your
2: people come to you, and you're going to teach them basically what you're teaching us, who they are, rather as than,
0: opposed to praying for them. Rather than minister them. We are so ministry-minded, we're so quick to try to move in the ministration of holy spirit there's a place where one touch of god can just position your life transform your life change your life i understand that i honor the touch of god and i pray that way with people a lot but where the strength of my heart is he's the lord is the spirit of counsel and we need a good teacher called jesus's life right the gospel to impart truth to us because what's our best friend truth is your best friend what makes you free what makes you free the touch of God's presence or truth? You can say, well, the touch of God's presence. Well, the touch of God's presence is awesome, but the Bible says truth makes you free. Do you understand what I'm saying? So truth's your best friend. Now watch this. Somebody comes to an altar and they want prayer. That's one thing and that's fine. And I can pray for them, but when I hear their heart or I see where they're coming from, I have more of a faith and more of a conviction in my heart to address the way they're thinking because I know this. I know that if I pray for them and nobody imparts truth in the way that they're thinking and helps adjust them, if they continue to think the same, they'll experience the same. And somewhere down the road, not even too far, they'll be up here again for some level of prayer in the same manner. And they're waiting for the touch of God instead of the transformation of truth. Can I give example from Boston, Brian? I, I'll let you then. Yeah, let, let, She's going to share one more comment and then give it to Brent.
2: However, so we got that. Now, however, in the situation for your wife, I'm sure there were times, maybe all the time, that you
0: prayed for her, not in front of her necessarily. But you pray. I'm a different guy probably in that way I didn't intercede every day for her I have a calling, I have a destiny I live by faith, I'm in a position of faith so who knows if you add up those situations that are dear to your heart and you begin to intercede all day you are consumed with what we call prayer so what did it look it like is, like? it's faith pretty much Pretty much. That's how I live. I I said, Father, that is not who she is. And I thank you that has no power over my life. You have taught me to love. My God, you love her so much. Thank you for bringing her up and out, teaching her, confirming her heart, and give me the wisdom to just continue to manifest you and be like you are to her and be a living example. Thank you for the wisdom to love my wife and be a husband under her. And and I'm going to run this race. I was I was questioning if I was doing right. There's always people that tell, well, yeah, but you should be interceding every day. I had a friend that interceded day and night for their child, and God visited them in the night. And da da da. And we throw all those experiences and testimonies up, and and then we write another book, how God delivered my child. And then we're all trying to do what that person did, and now we're mechanical Christians trying to grab hold of other people's testimonies how about just where faith is. When I got saved, my, my marriage was over. My wife was not in a good place. And when I got saved, I thought I hated her. I was actually happy. We were finally dividing because I thought I'm going to find me a, a new girl and just live my life and get a new model. I'll just start over. It'll be fun and exciting. That's where my mind was. And I was like, who cares? And I was really in that place. As soon as I got saved, I knew I loved my wife. She wasn't in a place like that. But here's what I said to the Lord. I said, Father, if I'd have been living in Christ all these years and living what I was created to be, none of this would look like it does. I release her of all responsibility. It has nothing to do with anything she's ever done wrong. It has to do with me not being sincere with my heart and life and living for your glory. And God, I release my wife from this marriage in the sense of responsibility and I take responsibility on my end that I have not been a man of God and I know your will is to restore my marriage and I put it on the altar of your mercy and I thank you, your will be done. And I never even thought about or prayed for my marriage one more time. Seven weeks later, God the Holy Spirit came into the bathroom and illuminated my wife and that was an amazing story a year to a year and a half later as I was really growing the Lord and started entering more into ministry stuff is when these things started hitting my wife and I saw it happening very subtle and I would address it and she would just kind of wouldn't say much and then it happened even more And then all of a sudden it was out in the open and she's crying and I'm just your wife. And I'm thinking, well, that ain't a bad thing. She's like, I'm just your wife. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I realized what she's saying is people only acknowledge me because of who you are. People only pay attention to me because I'm with you and it's the thing to do. It's not because I'm special. And she started believing that. To where, when I remember one day walking into the kitchen, I said, hey girl, and I spun her around, I just had come in, and I said, you're this and that, and she just stared at me, and said, thank you, and I went, whoa, I said, honey, if anything ever just went right past you, that I said, it was right there, it kind of bounced off that window back there, and I said, listen, I said, I know you're going through stuff, but I said, the Bible's true, and it says that about you. It's not the right thing to say, it's the truth. I kissed her on the forehead and went and changed and. Didn't. I didn't man, she won't even receive my love. And man, I don't know what's wrong with my wife. Why doesn't she get with it so we could just doesn't have to be this way. What? See, that's self-serving. That's me in the relationship for me, and now it's all about how she's not making my day better. And now I'm a man with a troubled spouse. I don't understand that. You read your Bible about love and about even marriage and about our hearts getting hard. Your heart can't get hard when it's in the position of love. And it doesn't say, unless your spouse this and this and this and this. Your heart can't get hard when your heart's fashioned by love. Or God would have cut somebody off by now. now I know that's strong language and it causes a lot when you talk like this because people have histories. Past. Look. You might have done something you didn't know better then. You might be in a different position now. But that's but all learn and grow through it all. Amen. And that's that let life in Christ be our teacher in life. Amen? Okay. So I know that's a heavy statement because there's people that have been divorced. There's people remarried. There's people all kinds of stuff. What I'm saying is you know who you were and you know who you're becoming. Let who you are today be the finished work of His love. You see what I'm saying? Instead of letting that just be your resume. There's people that have made mistakes in their marriage and shut off and cut off and grow to realize what they did years later and go, God, that could have been different. Oh, that's when changes. That's repentance. That's new creature reality. And all of a sudden, they're not even that person. And all of a sudden, wow. So rather than go, oh, man. No, wow, there's a whole new way of living. That's the kingdom, not regret. Amen? so it's very hard sometimes there's so much with relations and marriage and so much pain my concern is all the pain in people's hearts because of these things and I'd rather address the pain pastor said it on Sunday you know you need to pray for my husband so he stops pushing my buttons and pastor's saying I want to pray that there's no more buttons why is there buttons let's get rid of the buttons come on Okay, Satan pulls the control panel of Catherine's life out and looks at her vulnerabilities in her life through her words, her emotions, her past, and her resume, and he checks the control panel of her life, and he says, wow, if I just press here, it seems to me if I just press here, here, and here, ha-ha, get a good response, and he slides that back in. That's what happens to people all the time. He knows just where to push because he knows what determines your joy, your encouragement, he knows And all of a sudden, he's pressing. We got to get to the place where we grow in love to where there's nothing to push. Or if he pushes it, it's out of order. It doesn't work anymore. It used to work. It doesn't work anymore. He used to push that thing and have you for three weeks a mess. And then you'd slowly, and then he'd push it in three weeks a mess. And after a while, you were so tired of getting up because you're so tired of being a mess that now you're just waylaid. No, he wants, God wants to get you in a place where he pulls out and pushes it, and there's just no avail. There's nothing to push because your perspective's changed. And your reality sits in a different place. So that's true when Pastor preached that fence message was really good. So he's carrying a fence around, a fence. See his little fence? That's his offense. So his sermon was living without a fence. So he talked, but it was just good. But, but his question was, why do you have so many buttons to push? Because if you're living with buttons to push, it's just a matter of time till it's getting pushed. If I expectations put expectations all over your shoulders. See, here's the funny thing. You're to live trustworthy in the sight of God and men. But I'm not to put my trust in you. Right, That's right. But you're to live trustworthy. Yep. But I'm not to put my trust in you. By the time I put my trust in you, then my expectation is disappointed. And all I can see you for is your failure and weakness. And then I miss the value and potential of your life because all I can remember is how you failed me. You put your trust in no one. Your expectation is from the Lord. See, you're called to love. Watch this. Oh, this is going to stretch you. You're called to love, not be loved. The be loved comes from Jesus. Is it nice to be loved? Are we all called to love one another? But if I hold you to that, I'm going to miss my part. Now I'm going to search out an atmosphere to see if it's loving. And it should be because I'm there. (laughs) Well, I went over to that church. I ain't never going back there again. I was right there. there. was nobody even greeting me. There wasn't no love in the house, man. And now you're just a product of that lovelessness. And now you just have a criticism and a gossip. And you're sowing that into 40 other people's souls for the next two years. And you're painting a picture of an atmosphere because you went in there with a deficit assessing, searching, instead of just being. Because if I walk into an atmosphere being love, I'm not aware of what's not coming at me called love because I'm busy loving. Because I'm not on the earth for you to love me. I'm on the earth to love you. Hello? Mm -hmm. Come on. God made man in His image and God is. So we're created to be love, not to need love. When God... And man got cut off through sin, he became in desperate need of love because the source of love got cut off, so he started looking for love. And every one of us was born into that deficit. That's why until you get formed in Christ and molded in Christ and understanding through Christ, you really can't love like Christ. You can need one another, and we say, I love you, but we're really saying, I love you, do you love me? And it's an emotional exchange. It's a self-serving emotional, I do for you, you do for me mentality. Psychology, 50-50, marriage, 50-50. What are you talking about? If you have a mentality that says marriage is 50-50, then you have an expectation on your spouse and they can fail you because it might be 60-40 and, hey, you better pick up the slack, pal. I'm carrying more than I need to. Where's love? It's love. It's not 50-50. It's I love you. I'm not seeking my own I give myself to you for your sake that doesn't sound like now make sure you pay up your end <laughs> I love you see we don't understand I've read I, I, actually I haven't read Christian relationship books that reveal Christ they just it's the world's way with Christian attached to it It's it's the camouflage. It's 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 the way the world lives, with Christian incorporated. All right, it's Christian psychology, and and uh, I'm not saying that in a demeaning way. That I'm against Christian psychologists. What I'm saying is the mindset that comes from God can't be intertwined with fallen man. We assess fallen man, his relationships, his emotional patterns, and we lock him into that when we're born again and all things are new why are we assessing a fallen man and how he functions operates feels and thinks and then trying to accommodate that when that's to change yeah. that's why I tell people I'm either the most deceived man on the planet and in deep denial and need serious <laughs> help now or I'm free and I'm banking on free, free. Yeah. not just am, because of the eye I live through because look I was created to love not be loved so if I know that and become that in prayer, you don't owe me a thing. So you can't fail and break my heart because you're not in position to. Why? Because I love you. How many relationships start out starry-eyed and loving and now they won't even talk to each other and they even say, I hate them? Because you don't even understand love. It's just an immature human. It's a fallen, it's starry, it's, a, it's self-serving. It's, I need you for now. <laughs> That's why you can see a person when they're saying they're in love. There's a person that all of a sudden they look at the person and just say, Look, I just things are changed and I just don't think I love you anymore. It's not like it used to be. I just don't love you anymore. And they look cold and callous and they can just walk away like nothing, unscathed. And they've slept together. They could even have two children together. And all of a sudden they're just like, I don't think I love you anymore. What? This is a jacket you put on and off. What do you what do you mean? Well, and then psychology explains it. Church counselors explain it. Ah! No, you never understood love never. you needed them and now you shifted and changed and your life changed and something shifted and you don't see the value in them anymore because they don't you don't have the need they used to meet, something's changed and you can just as cold cut them off because they're of no value to you anymore. And then they're hung, devastated, can't even live, can't even go on without you, and we call that codependency. And da da da. Well, it's it's because it was needs driven in the first place, and this need still hasn't changed. And now you're my life, walking away, and I can't live without you. Well, who's that? I can't live without you. Where's that go? Who's that? Be- Who does that belong to? Not this. <laughs> The reason this should be here is because this is true and I've come to who I am in Christ now, the fullness and strength of my life. I can finally love you, not need you. So because I can't live without you, I have the capacity to love you. So out of the fullness of God in the man, he reached in and brought forth the woman. So if there's a woman, it should come out of the fullness of God in the man. Not just because, I love you, ooh, you make my blood boil, or whatever. (sighs) I'm not the best romantic with that stuff. It's (laughs) smell to me. (laughs) It's it's just that starry-eyed thing, man. And all of a sudden, you're making babies and breaking each other's hearts. Yeah. Can I be honest? It takes one person in a relationship to understand what I'm preaching. To see God in it. Don't you say, because they, well, they won't, well, they don't, well, they're this, they're that. Psst. Don't even, you, you can't even, you're not going to get anywhere with me on that one takes one person to be like Christ. To have love in the midst. Because you ain't changing Jesus. And you hang around him long enough, something's going to change. But you ain't changing Jesus. You show me how man has changed God over the generations. You can't, but I can show you how God has changed man. Why? Because love never fails. Why? Because it doesn't take into account of a suffered wrong. Because it doesn't seek its own. Love loves you. Whew. That's so powerful. It takes one. I've taught that for years as a pastor, and people look at you. It takes one person in a household to hold on to love. Even the Bible says the believing spouse sanctifies the unbelieving spouse. It says, or else the children would be unclean. So spouse after spouse have come to me well yeah but he's into this and she's into that and now my kids and this and in the house and ew and it's just uh." I'm like what? You're the believer you rule and reign in the realm of the kingdom rise up and rejoice that the spirit of God is in you (laughs) and let your believing heart sanctify the unbelief all around you and look at your children and know they're blessed Not, well, this is going to lead them to this, and now they're going to be into this because of... See, and then you say that, and then it happens, and there's no help, there's no hope, it's just despair and desperation. But if you're in this place of faith, even if some of that starts taking place, you've trained them and taught them in the way, your faith is before the throne, and God's grace is on them, and as they grow old, they won't depart. You might even see a messed up twisted season and you just rejoice because you see deeper than that and bigger than that. And you say, Father, I so thank you for what I know that I can't even move by this. It'd be nice if they'd spare themselves of this. But God, I thank you. You won't spare them your love. Thank your hand is upon them. <sighs> See, that sure beats despair and fear and oh my God and see if it wasn't for them and then you hate them all the more because of what they did to our kids and if it wasn't for you and uh, and regret and, uh, and now it's like Christ never even came. I'm done. I'm done. We'll get on to this a little more though. This love thing will be good. I still have my confession sheet. I'll do my best to hit it tomorrow. (laughs) But this is school. You get on other topics. Amen? Can we do something? Can we stand to our feet and just honor Him and yield to Him? I just feel like, I don't know why, I don't remember doing that in the last school. It's not something we did before. I just feel like it's humbling to stand before Him and honor Him as King. And the just and righteous judge, whether you want to lift your hands or whatever, but please turn your heart to Him. Father, your way is the way that's right and righteous, unchanging and unfailing. Your love is amazing. And what I'm excited about and what I thank you for is that everyone in this room is entitled to your kingdom through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I ask that you continue to open up our understanding, our want to, our desire, and our wills to you that we surrender and become one with you. Give us grace, each one of us in our respective situations, lives, the way our minds have been molded and shaped in things, the way we think, the eyes we look through. Let it all come together and be one big revelation of truth and let us all be found in one faith, one spirit, and one love. Father, I ask you to have your way in every one of us and continue to let these things cultivate us and groom us and shape us to look like you. We want to look like our daddy. We want to be just like you. Let us not just get what you can do for us but how you can make us more like you. Father, we're not fixed on what you can do for us, but how you can make us more like you. I don't want to just be free in my finances. I want to be free in my heart. I want to be free in my mind. I want whatever I do to prosper because it's coming from a pure place called the love of God. And I ask your grace on every one of us right now. And I feel like, Lord God, there's a couple people even challenged with some of this right now we've shared in the last 20, 30 minutes. I ask you to work it all out and have your way and make sense and interpret this truth into their present situation and let them make sense of the truth and see clear and come out of it looking and living just like you. Father, I thank you. I bless this school. I bless these people, everyone on the internet. Just thank you for your word becoming flesh in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Love you all.